0: Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride right here at uh, UNF as we get set for a, another basketball game that involves our friends from Bellarmine. We are the Bellarmine Advanced Scouts officially. <laughs> right. As I told Joe during Good the hand- fundamental team. Yeah, is I told Joe during the handoff, I don't know where Bellarmine's playing their first game in the, uh, Sun Belt, uh, the, the A-Sun Conference tournament, but we'll be there. We'll be live. We'll be live when Bellerman plays next week. Welcome to Central Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we are glad you were here. We enjoyed the JU Bellerman game; it was fantastic the other night. Came down to the wire, and uh, now JU's got some work to do. They play Eastern Kentucky today at home, and they've got to win that game, and then hope uh, Liberty beats Queens to have a chance to get into the A Sun Conference tournament. UNF is in the ASUN Conference Tournament. They can improve their standing a bit, but they have earned their way into the tournament with a nice win over a very good Eastern Kentucky team on Wednesday, and now they play. Bellarmine trying to make it two in a row. They've played very well uh, in February. So we are glad you were with us. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks with you, um, Andrew Gibson back at World Headquarters. Um, so much to talk about. It was 85 degrees today. It's, yep. Febu- it's February.
1: It is February. It, it's almost March. Can I offer that up?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, <laughs> was, it was warm today. We had a clinic today, and uh, Lauren, uh, the hot dog lady, was there, and she took care of all the hot dogs. And uh, yeah, we had almost like 196 kids. Do we have I that many? That, that. Was what, that was what was scheduled. Was it, did, it, did it come out to that?
1: That's a good Close. question. I would assume that it was right around there.
0: Hey, we had a big group
2: today, though. You tweeted out something that I thought was spectacular uh, about a, a, young, a young boy. Otis. Uh, yeah, tell, tell, tell us about him.
0: So, Otis. Uh, has a a rare muscular disease, and he is bound to a wheelchair, um, possibly for the long haul, possibly not. He's eight years old, and um, sweet kid. But didn't want, want came on the field trip, but because he was in a wheelchair, muscles are a little weak, and did, I don't think he wanted to embarrass himself, and so so he was just going to come and watch his classmates uh, participate. And we have four stations. We we built this thing in in 17, and I built it, and I thought maybe we'd change it, but we really have it. It's been four stations. It's pitching, hitting, fielding ground balls, and then catching and throwing. And uh, and and every station's about 20 minutes, and so and then they eat, they get their glove before and then they eat after. So Otis was in the dugout and um in a wheelchair, and it just a sweet kid. And uh, the person pushing his wheelchair who stayed with him um, said he he just he's just a little reluctant. It's okay, and I said Otis, you want to try it? He said, I don't think I should. I said, no, I get it. I get it. I don't blame you. So, so I said, what if, What about this? What if we went out there together? We both did it. And uh, and then we see how we do it. If we, if we don't like it, we come back. He said, okay. So we went out there together, and uh, it was a cool thing. So I said, we're going to do it together. So I had the bat, and he had the bat. He looked at me and he goes, I got it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he said, I got it. I said, yes, you do. And he hit a couple line drives off that tee. That's awesome. Hayes' this look on his fa- I don't think he's ever done that before. I don't think he's ever been able to participate in anything like that before. The look on his face, and, of course, all the kids were roaring around him. Mm. The look on his face when he hit the, the first one, the, the, the liner, he looked, he looked up, looked up at me, looked at his coach, looked at the kids, and didn't know what to do other than beam it was awesome. It was awesome. It was a great day today. So we had, we had a fun day. I got a little misty. I want to watch again. But, it. but it was 100, 196 kids, and, uh, and, and and it was really cool. So we had – I, I want to say this, too. To Tim Parenton, the head coach here at UNF, and to Chris Hayes, the head coach at JU, they play tonight. JU's got four games this weekend. They have a game tonight, doubleheader, and then game Sunday. UNF's got three games. They sent a bunch of players. Today, in 85-degree weather, they sent a bunch of players – they came over there, and, and think about that. I mean, I mean, you could be resting, you could be in class. God forbid, you could do, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't know why you do that in the middle of all this other good stuff. No, I'm kidding. But they, they obviously it's a hot day. It was hot now, and and this kid Aiden Sweat, Aiden Sweat is from Fernandina Beach. Um, he's the starting second baseman and leadoff batter for U N F. This isn't some scrub. You yeah, got the Cherokee Nichols was out there too. I'm a really good player. They had some good players out there, and Aiden, I wish you could have watched this kid Aiden Sweat, who I'd never met before work these kids. He wasn't just, you know, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll have a, 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 an adult coach run the station, and then one of the college players is the backup, is, is the assist, you know, helps them out. I looked up, and Aiden was running a station, and, I mean, he was engaged with those guys. I tweeted a picture out of it. He He was engaged with those kids, man, and he was taking pictures with them, and, and, and I mean, he's going to be a – if he's not a pro player – and and even after he is, if he is a pro player, he's going to be one heck of a coach. I'll I'll hire him to coach tomorrow. Okay, and I don't even I don't even what year he is. He's a young player at the UNF. But it was a, it was a, I appreciate yesterday's. It was a great day, and and you saw it. You were out there for it, Lauren. You saw it. It was an Absolutely. amazing day.
1: Yeah. It- It was one of those days that you just at one point you kind of look around and you go, man, this is a really good thing that has come together. And it takes a lot of people and a a lot of time and effort. And I sincerely appreciate all of them because the look on those kids faces when they come to get their hot dog, they have had a great time. They were sweating today and they couldn't wait to just go sit in a dugout, eat some lunch. And one little girl goes is this how every baseball day is you get to play and then you get to eat a hot dog. <laughs> and That's we right. said, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and
0: my friend, Zach Osbeck led the sprint, led the, he's the best ever. He's He said, he's, he's the Nick Saban of stretching. There, there'll be no other. I mean, uh, you can hire all the other coaches. You can bring in Dabo and Kirby and all the others, but Zach Osbeck from Bishop Snyder is the uh, Nick Saban of, of calisthenics and stretching. And he got them going early. And I want to say one other tip of the cap while we're talking about these clinics, these, these teachers, this was 196 kids, and they were well behaved, and they were orderly. You know, you, they got to stay with their class. You stay with your class. You go station to station with your class, and there's eight stations going on at one time. We have four stations times two, so it, it can, and, and on four fields, so it can get congested. And it's hot, and there, those teachers are so good. The te- every every the teachers bring their class out. Those kids are behaved. They are they are well. They are raised well, and they are taught well. And so, uh, but it was it was a great day. It was a uh, uh, no, no real injuries. We had one kid get hurt a little bit, but uh, it was it was a great day. So yeah, we get we get through 196 kids and no injuries. Yeah. I, I, no
1: Tommy John's today. I will say that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, I will, I've told the story. I'll tell this. I've told this story before. The first time I was, the first time would ever done this it was in the 2017. And my friend Bob West, longtime coach at Bishop Kenny, he held many clinics. So he, I'm trying to build the curriculum, and he said, I like what you build. He said, when you do the throwing and catching, use tennis balls. And I said, well, I, mean, I think the mayor's coming out and some of the city council and people are going to really support this thing. They need to see baseballs. He said, trust me, they're eight years old. Use tennis balls. when they're learn to the catch. Okay, well, me, because A, I'm the smartest guy in the room and I'm smarter than everybody. I'm certainly smarter than a guy that's only coached baseball for 30 years, okay? I'm, I'm certainly smarter than him, you know? And one of my dear friends in the world, Bob said, you probably use tennis balls. So we use baseballs because I'm the smartest guy out there. And sure enough, very first clinic, a little kid named Isaiah, I'll never forget this, was throwing, caught one right in the top of the forehead. Swelled up, looked like a volleyball. I mean, it swelled up just a big old swell. He sits down and he's trying. He's not gonna cry. He had, that kid was not crying. It didn't matter. He had made up his mind. He wasn't crying. And Isaiah sat there. and I went over there, and I felt oh great. I'm gonna. I'm going to jail. They're <laughs> they're shutting down the charity. It'll be the worst. You know. I I mean I'm panicked. So. The teacher goes, I think Isaiah's fine. So I say, I said, Isaiah, you okay? And he big bottom lip and he, and he shook his head yes. I said, Why don't you sit here until you're till 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 you feel better? He shook his head yes. I wasn't out of the dugout before Isaiah was back out there. Big knot on his head and everything. And the rest of the day had this big knot on his head. We have trainers out there and big knot on his head, and I said We'll never use the baseballs again. Okay. <laughs> Imagine this: Bob West, one of the most accomplished high school baseball coaches of all time, knew better than me. Who would have thought? Who would have yeah. thought? Go, go. F- it, weird as that is, yeah. is uh, I kind of learned my lesson on that. But it was a great clinic today. We had a wonderful time, and it was a, it was a, it was a big time out there. So we appreciate the kids coming out there. So it was a good day, and thank you, Lauren, and all the people that volunteered. Um, Lauren, Lauren, thanks all the volunteers, although she's been one from day one, so thank you for that. We appreciate it. You that. know what's crazy?
1: The, we started it, like you said, in 2017. Those kids are now 13 and 14 years I know, old. I know, The, f- like, first wave of clinic kids. They're freshmen in high school.
0: We saw one kid out there today. I wish I knew his name. There's, there's, one of the, there's a video out there of him. We saw one kid today that had not been to a clinic yet. You know, our leagues start younger than eight. We have the clinics that start at eight. We, our leagues start at four to five. Well, we have a, one kid now who's about to play his third year in our walk-off league. But it's his first clinic because he started when he was six. So he's eight. You should have seen him throwing today. He because he's been taught now. He 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 was. Those other kids are watching him, and he's got <laughs> he's got the walk off hat on because he's had his walk off. Oh, he's got it. he had his league hat on, and he's throwing cheese now. This little kid, I mean, and they're all <laughs> Step going, aside. Yeah, kids, they're all saying, "How does this kid?" And he said, "I've been playing." So so it was really cool. That's awesome. Him. So we really appreciate it. All right, a lot of things to talk about today on the program. Uh, uh, Matthew Driscoll joins us at three forty today. And uh, he'll talk a little bit about this late-season run and a terrific late-season run this team has had. Try to get Tim Parenton over here. Tim is the outstanding baseball coach at UNF whose players were so helpful today. He's going to try and stop by if he's got a chance. They play tonight at 6 o'clock now, so I don't know if he'll be able to, but hopefully he will. i got a lot of things I want to get into. I want to get into the whole Russell Wilson story. Who do you believe? Um, What a story. What a powerful story, if true. Now, obviously, he has come out and, and mightily tried to refute it, Hayes. But what a story, if true, that he went to ownership and tried to get Pete Carroll, his coach, in Seattle ownership, Pete Carroll, his coach, and John Schneider, his GM, fired. Asked him to fire him. And I would say most people believe the athletic story, not him. But if if the story is true, and I, look, I've always been a Russell Wilson fan, how brazen if that really happened.
2: Yeah, and Russell Wilson did uh, deny it Den- on, I, I on mean, Twitter. Loudly. Loudly, yeah. and complimented Pete Carroll and John Schneider. and. Yeah. Uh, I think called Pete Carroll a father figure and yeah. you know, appreciated John Snyder taking a chance on him in the third round uh, when a lot of people didn't think they should. Uh, but I completely think the story is accurate. I mean, this is a quarterback who doesn't hang out in the locker room. He has his own personal office. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Wait, I didn't know I mean, he did the handoff. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, no wonder the Seahawks yeah. couldn't wait to kick him right. when he was down. I mean, I just think that, you know, unfortunately he got too big of a head with the success that he had and it became all about Russell Wilson and I would not be the least bit surprised uh, if he went to ownership and wanted Pete Carroll and John Snyder out because he viewed he viewed himself as bigger than them,
3: yep.
2: that he was the franchise quarterback and that should make him, maybe he, he you know, maybe the influence of – NBA and, and how stars are able to, to get away with things in that league.
1: And I think but, his wife, too.
2: Yeah, but there's, there's no doubt in my – I mean, I say there's no doubt. I I would be surprised – Mike Sando does a really nice job. I, I would be surprised if they didn't have multiple people telling telling them that. And, again, Sean Payton already having to correct the behavior in Denver in terms of Russell having his own – that's just pathetic. I mean, of all the things that I've heard – in the NFL, mm-hmm. the quarterback having his own office, <laughs> I mean, talk, you'd want to talk about audacity? I mean, with the great players that Seattle had, yeah. and you need your own office and your own staff, <laughs> and then you come to Denver and demand it? I, I always, mean, that
0: is brazen. I was always annoyed that Barry Bonds had that big recliner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember the big recliner. He had yeah. the big recliner. So, uh, so we'll see. So, um,
1: if Tom Brady doesn't have his own office, Russell Wilson shouldn't have his own office.
0: <laughs> right. but when we come back, I'm going to start with that story because it's a powerful story in the NFL. I want to talk about C.J. Beathard resigning with the Jags. i got an opinion about that. Uh, the top ten players in baseball. There's a list out there on MLB.com. I mean, somebody finally ranked one through ten of the current players. It's an interesting list. Gibby, we'll uh, get your takes on that as well, so all that comes up in a bit. College basketball. What is the golden era? Was it? I mean, I got my thought on when it was, but I mean, there's been a lot of errors in college basketball. Yeah. I, I want to say 80s, but I don't yeah. want to be a prisoner to that's yeah. where I grew up. But but I but I didn't grow up in the I was 60s, 70s growing up, and I think it was the I think yeah. it was St. John's, Georgetown, Villanova. That was so good. And and I and you and I are almost 20 years apart in age, 18 yeah. years apart in age. But I think that's when it was, and so we'll, so we'll get to that. It's so certainly not now. It's not now. It, <laughs> is, it, it is certainly not now. So a lot of things to get to today on the program. Matthew Driscoll, 340, uh, Tim Perrotton at some point during the program today. Lots of uh, UNF Bellarmine talk. We'll talk about Gator basketball, Seminole basketball. Uh, a lot about – I've got to weigh, weigh in about C.J. Beathard as well. A lot to do. Glad you're with us. Busy day. Thanks for stopping by on a Friday. Thanks to our friends at Big Chief Tire Company, the best tire company around. This is 1010XL at 92.5 FM.
1: Welcome back to the Frangie Show on a big Chief Tire Friday, live here at UNF Arena, ahead of UNF playing host to Bellarmine, coming up at 7 o'clock. All right, Frank, you've been a big Russell Wilson fan, so what did you think of the Athletics? Yeah, yeah,
0: here's my thought. I, um, I like Russell Wilson. And at first thought, I thought, okay, he came out and said he didn't do it, and he was quick to say it. I just feel like the Athletic has had this for a while, and would not have gone with it if it wasn't pretty darn certain, if they weren't pretty darn certain. This is I mean that's a it's a block but it's not a it breaking any laws, but I mean it is a it's something that everybody knew would get a lot of attention. I don't think they go with that. I don't think the beat guy got it yesterday and fired it out there? No. I think I don't I don't think you go with this unless you're pretty damn sure there's something to it. I I I just so my guess is and sometimes at the end, the truth is in between the two. But my guess is they are pretty certain in somehow, some way, whether he said it, demanded it, implied it, he sent a message to somebody that it's time to move on from Pete Carroll and John Snyder. I, I believe that. Yeah, again no matter how again, it might not have been a directive. It might have been, hey, you know, look have you ever thought about blah 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 blah, you know, Sean Payton's out there, right? You know. But my guess would be that there's probably truth to it. So that, does that
1: change your view of him as a player?
0: Well, the, well, the, no, none of us even views him as a
1: player or person.
0: But yeah, I wanted to be. I don't like it. I, I don't like he. Did, has he always been a diva, or did he evolve into? A I diva? I think he's evolved because anyway. I, I don't think he was a diva I don't before, think he was a diva. and he and he looks like the ultimate diva now. I just don't think he was because I
2: thought when he left NC State, that was on the coach, not yeah.
0: Russell Wilson. He was the coach. Tom O'Brien was the coach. He wanted to play baseball. He's a good baseball player, drafted mm-hmm. by the Yankees. And O'Brien sa- and O'Brien had Mike. Uh, what's Glennon. His name? Glennon? Mike Glennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had o- Mike Glennon waiting in the works. Six that. seven, yeah, <laughs> right. But it's six seven, six six, strong arm guy, and a lot of people that I know that cover the ACC, they told me they really they think he wanted to play him anyway, and it was a way to, to move on and, and play the guy he wanted to play. A lot of people believe that. So uh, so he so Russell Wilson said, Coach, I'm going to play baseball. That that may be much. I'm five eleven. He's a five eleven quarterback. At that point, no one was 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 jonesing to get five eleven quarterbacks. So he said it might be my future. He said I'm gonna play baseball. If you play baseball, you don't have a place with us. So, uh, so, and he went. And but I will tell you this, and I've told you guys this before. During my touchdown radio days, I worked a Wisconsin Purdue game. Now they blew him out because Purdue wasn't any good, but it was one of the best, one of the most amazing quarterback performances I've seen. And in the 17 game here, he, even though Jacksonville won the game, he was amazing in that game. So, yeah, it it, it disappoints me a little bit that he's evolved into. Quite the diva, and I didn't think before he was a diva, Lawrence. So yeah, in my mind, he's become sort of a diva, and I, I I don't love that. I mean, I don't care. There's a lot of divas that I've rooted for. Yeah, He's not your quarterback, right? But I uh, I believe he probably I believe there's probably now truth to the fact that, that that not only is he a diva, but the being a diva affected him. He's probably a, look, he's still a five foot eleven quarterback, so he's got to work and have chemistry with teammates, and and, I, and I'm guessing that he's not he's not the citizen he once was. Yeah, I, I,
2: I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, uh, again, I don't think the story is wrong. Um, I th- again, I, I think you just you look at the evidence and the fact that he has his own. You, every quarterback has an office. It's called your locker. That's your <laughs> office. Uh, and it, you're usually flanked and, by and, your f- offensive line. And for him to have the arrogance to say, but I have an open-door policy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I mean, I'll give Sean Payton credit. Because he has come into Denver and immediately said he's not going to have his quarterback guy in. He's not going to have his own office, you know. Uh, so I mean, maybe uh, Sean Payton can uh, straighten Russell Wilson out a little bit. Are and you surprised
1: he took the job? Because he had to have known some of, I mean, Sean some Payton? of that going in. Yeah.
0: I think Sean Payton took the job because he got Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I think Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton thinks he and Russell Wilson together are going to bring back a trophy. Don't I think, you think that?
2: I don't. I think Sean Payton uh, was aching to get back in, and I thought it was a bad year for the carousel. Denver probably, it's a great franchise uh, with now new owners, mm-hmm. but very rich owners. So you got to think that they're going to do what it takes to, to win. And uh, its it, they've got a good core of young talent. So, if he can't, I'm sure Sean Payton was like, look, I don't love Russell Wilson. I don't love what I'm running into, but I can humble him, and certainly maybe he'll be open to that because he was just humbled for a 17-game schedule. Wow. Uh, so perhaps he's he'll take to it, and if it doesn't work, I know I have enough stability. They're paying him probably $20 million a year, uh, and I'm sure it's a lengthy contract, so he's, he's not getting fired anytime soon. Uh, if it doesn't work with Russell Wilson, then he'll move on and uh, he'll go get his next guy. But I I would be surprised if Russell Wilson was at the top of the list as to why that's where Sean Payton went.
0: And I don't know if it's the top of the list. Coaches don't want to go in there. He doesn't want to show up and lose. Yeah, Sean, of all people, Sean Payton, he's a winner. The last thing he wants to do is show up and lose. So, uh, And I don't know if he's at the top of the list. Your point's a good one. It's a great franchise with a great fan base and rich owners and a great defense. There's a lot of reasons to take that. Good receivers. There's a lot of reasons to take that thing. But I one one thing I do take out of if you believe the story, and we are try we all we've all said we believe this. Do you believe the
1: story? I do.
0: We are all said we believe the story. Well, part of the story is you wanted to bring in Sean Payton. I mean, you can't, you can't you can't believe part of the story, not all the story. Well, part of the story is his pick was Sean Payton, which tells me there's a relationship there. Whatever I don't know what it is, but you know co- the coaches go to conventions and the Bahamas and Pro Bowls together and, and with players all the time. My guess is they're buddies. I, I I'll bet you're going to find that out. I mean, all of a sudden, Sean Payton takes the Denver job where he knows Russell Wilson's his quarterback. All of a sudden, we hear a story that Russell Wilson was trying to run out Pete Carroll and his recommended choice was Sean Payton. Well, that's that evidence tells me they know each other, and that evidence tells me they've been trying to work together for a while. That that's that's what I take out of it. Again, if the stories, if we believe the story, we have to believe he was trying to bring Sean Payton in there logic tells me they must know each other and must, must have been looking forward to working together.
1: Yeah, and that, it honestly reminds me of the Sean McVay-Matthew Stafford story when they were in Mexico, and McVay was like, hey, right. you know, I, I want you to be my quarterback moving forward. Yeah, it, it's very interesting because I'm with Hayes. I don't think Sean Payton took the Denver job because of Russell right. Wilson, but he certainly believes he can get him back to his winning ways or else he wouldn't have taken that job. Yeah,
0: yeah I think this. I think to, maybe to both your points, if – if he was about to take the job, and if at the eleventh hour before he took the job, Russell Wilson retired, I don't think he would have not taken the job. But I mean, I don't think he's, i don't think it was Russell Wilson or bust for him. Yeah, he'll be like, okay,
2: I'll take Jay Kaner in the yeah, third yeah, round yeah. and yeah. turn him into a Pro Bowl quarterback. Correct.
0: So, but I, but I do, but so, so we'll I see.
1: do wonder if they take a quarterback. Obviously, it can't be high because, like we've said, they don't have picks in the first and second rounds. But do you do you just throw a flyer out there? Absolutely, I yeah. would.
0: Yeah, and, and and I'm standing my ground. By the way. On because because I've said it for ten years, <laughs> but or however many years he's been in the league, but I'm not saying he'll have a I'm not saying he's going to throw thirty four touchdowns and three picks, but I think he'll have a bounce back year under Sean Payton. I think he will be a different quarterback under Sean Payton than he was last year. Again, last year was sixteen touchdowns and ten picks. He's the only year in his career it hasn't been twenty something versus single digits in his career.
2: And so we'll see. But I also think the whole like suggesting Sean Payton thing is Russell Wilson is a smart man, and if you're going to go to your bosses, if you're going to go to ownership and suggest firing a Super Bowl winning coach and GM, then you better have a suggestion. You can't just go in there and say, "Hey, I think we should fire Pete Carroll and John Schneider." Be- I mean, because the response is going to be, "All right, I do that." Then what do we do? So I, I think he was just throwing out by far the biggest name, you know. Why wouldn't you go get Sean Payton? Seattle owners are, right, very rich as well. And he's about um, the same size as well the, Drew Brees. Well, who
1: the, the truth successful is, with.
0: the truth is, we don't know that answer. I don't know if they know each other. You, you guys don't know if they're randomly just. We're just guessing at that part. But I, to me, I just again, I, I can't imagine that he would throw out a big name. I mean, that's, I mean, just throw out a big name that he doesn't have a relationship with. So well, that by the way will be that'll get fleshed out. Because someone's going to ask him, "Hey, did you? Did you? Blah blah. blah what? What is y'all's relation? By the way, has anyone asked that story? Well, they have or? such
2: a good relationship that the second Sean Payton took the job, he basically kneecapped Russell yeah, Wilson. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're assuming that in Russell- terms of those special <laughs> privileges, right. yeah, if you're assuming that Russell didn't know any of that was coming, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I. Uh, and but, by the way, I
1: think the story is true based off of the fact that Russell Wilson yeah, and Pete Carroll did not speak to each other when yes. those two teams faced the Seahawks I, and the Broncos. Yeah,
0: and I correct. And like I if think- you have a
1: good relationship, you go chat with one another.
0: And I think the story is true because I don't think the Athletic goes with a story of that magnitude. I mean, the Athletic's pretty good, and, and they're, they're pretty reputable. I don't think they go with that story. I think the minute writer guy had that story, editor guy said, you've got to be right on this one. So I need to know who your sources are. I need to know how many of your sources you have. I've been in the newspaper. We've all been in the newspaper business, in the sports writing business. I don't think you go with that unless you're pretty damn sure. Pretty damn sure.
1: People will ask the Seahawks, you know, office people, front office people, if that's true or not, won't they, at the next media availability? My my guess is
2: how all this got, like, out is the reporter was talking probably about something totally else, and it it became – hey, how do you think Russell Wilson will get along with Sean Payton? And the guy was like, well, will probably get along with him pretty well considering he suggested firing Pete right. Carroll and, and John bringing Snyder and bringing him in. And, and, him in. Right, right, and right. it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that would be my guess as to how – it, it initially was brought to the reporter's attention and then confirmed through others. Yes, so, so it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And that. the
1: reporter smiles. <laughs>
0: so, we'll certainly keep an eye on that. All right, we've got a loaded-up show for you today. In just a few minutes after we come back from a break, Matthew Driscoll joins us. I hope he's got eggs uh, uh, ready. He's going to take his nap, and then he's got a huge game tonight with Bellarmine. They are in the conference tournament. They can... Uh, in. in improve their position in the conference tournament. That comes up in good. So We watched them the other night at JU, so that comes up in a bit. Tim Parenton, the outstanding UNF baseball coach, they're off to a good start as well. Um, first weekend they had a great start. He will join us uh, at 4 o'clock here in, uh, at the Hospitality Suite, so he'll jump uh, He'll be good to see TP. He'll come by today, so we've got a lot of fun stuff to do. Uh, we've got a lot of things to get to. I want to get to CJ Bethard. I want to get to baseball and a whole lot more. But when we come back, uh, Matthew Driscoll joins us. This is 1010XL at 92.5 FM. We welcome you back to the program, Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks on location here at uh, this beautiful UNF Arena. Uh, Andrew Gibson back in World Headquarters. Matthew Driscoll joins us now as he gets ready to eat eggs and take a nap. How are you, brother?
4: I'm done with the eggs, and I had some okay. uh, some organic uh, multi grain bread, so I got I got that <laughs> out of the way. I actually got home a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, traffic was wonderful, so so I knocked them out quickly because I wanted to make sure as soon as we're done, might get an extra three or four minutes. <laughs> In that nap uh, segment. so okay. Just
1: right. trying right. to be
4: proactive. Hey, by the way, we're what two weeks away from uh, uh, two weeks away from uh, TPC.
0: That's exactly right. We're very excited about that. We got some hoops first, and then some golf. You're right about that. Are you are Listen. you going?
4: Are, are you guys going to be on, on on right there?
0: Every day, every day. Come join us. Come join us. I'd love to have you. I Are
4: you going up on the perch? You
0: know, where were we going? To? I don't think so. I think we're back in the, in a different area, Close to Sawgrass Square, which is closer to 18, 18 green. So, but we'll find you. are out there. I'll find you. How about that? I can hey, tell you that. Hey,
4: hey, 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 hey. How you, how you like that perch you're sitting on up there?
0: I love it. This is Santa. I don't want to leave.
4: <laughs> uh, hey, hey let,
0: me tell you, let me tell you a quick story. So, uh, Caitlin said we were up here last time. And Caitlin said, hey, uh, told, reached out to Lauren and says, hey, do you guys want to go back to press row or do you want to go back to the to, to suite? So Lauren asked me, he said, what, are you kidding me? That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's the easiest question I've ever answered, Matthew. <laughs> of course we want to be. Plus, it's hey, gorgeous.
4: Hey, plus, 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 you know, Coach Coach told you, 2023, that'll get you in that cabinet right behind you. <laughs> so, so, hey, right. hey, and, we, hey, and, and we, we love Bricks, you know, obviously. It's, you know, Bricks, yeah. but we'll throw their name out there while we're going. You know, one of the um, – neat stories. There was a good article about about Carter today and there's a lot of stories that kind of weren't told Um, and obviously tonight's senior night and 7 o'clock tip in in his last game. He's the only senior that will be honored and um, when he was arising, so at the end of his ninth grade year going to 10th grade year, that's when we went to the NCAA tournament. If you remember, Bo was 8 for 10, 3 that game against Robert Morris and that's when his father they actually watched the game and that's when his father actually, like, where's North, like, what's North Florida, where's North, so that's when they actually started Googling a little bit and, and, and seeing what was going on with, with, with North Florida, so it, you know, it's it, it, it kind of interesting how this whole thing, you know, plays out, and the other thing that people didn't know is that his family wanted, his mom just retired, and his right. dad works from home, and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to, 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 to move to Florida, and that was one of the big things when I got the phone call, they're like, like, coach, like, a lot of people don't know this. Like, you, you actually can get, a, you know, a head up um, on it. But um, but probably the best part was is he, is he sprained his ankle. You know, we never want anybody to get hurt, um, right. but he sprained his ankle. And um, and he really was trying to show all these coaches that were coming to Belmont, Lipscomb, Western Kentucky, right. Tennessee, all these, you know, Tennessee-Kentucky schools from the OVC right. were coming in. And, man, he just, he just struggled because he had this, you know, this big old ankle. And, right. um, you know, he, he didn't limp or any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, tough, tough, tough kid. And, um, I remember the one coach turning to me and saying, Hey, man, coach, I thought the Hendricks better. And I'm like, me too. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know. Like, I, I no, I, I thought so those, I came a long way. <laughs> you know. But I, uh, I, I didn't lie. I didn't lie. He wasn't very good. He
0: wasn't hey, very um, good. Hey, Matthew, what? What's tell? Tell us about Carter Hendricks. By the way, the, the funny part of the story is I don't know if they play much basketball. Where he's from. He's only from Lexington, by the way, so it nearby. Um, tell me about him as a kid. Tell me about him as a student, as a leader in his last game that he'll play in this arena. What's he like?
4: I think what most people will walk away from is the fact that he always has time for everyone. Okay. He's one of those kind of guys that always has time for everyone and. I tell you, like, even, like, what really stood out, like, was during COVID. And I really didn't know it until whatever part of the way through it. But one of our managers during COVID was the only manager. Like, we weren't allowed to have other people because they weren't allowed inside your, quote-unquote, your bubble. Right. And I didn't know it at the time. But Carter was doing a lot of managerial stuff. And and he was doing, like, he's one of those kind of guys. like. I, like I don't need to be in the forefront. Nobody needs to know what I'm doing. Just someone's character by the way they act when no one's watching. He's one of those kind of human beings. And I think from an academia standpoint he's got, you know, a gazillion of those awards as well too. And, you know, just an incredible he, he his just his heart is really, really genuine and, and what you see and, and you watch him play and you know, he, like like the way he fights and the way he competes and, and sometimes he obviously frustrates me just like Bo did just like Dallas did, just like you know Garrett Sams did, and like all the great ones was yeah all the way down the list. But like he he, he doesn't leave anything unturned. Like he wants to do the best for everyone at every single moment. So I, I think that's what's special about him is he's he's as genuine as as a person as you could as you could be around.
1: Yeah, he certainly seems like that, Matthew. As far as who's been the most improved on your team, has it been Jarius Hicklin? Has it been Jaden Parker? Who would you say from start to finish this season has really improved?
4: Well, I'd say start to finish in the league. Let's just let's just let's, just, let's just narrow it down to the league. <laughs> yeah, that's a good you know, point. I, well, you know, Jarius, you know, started out so slow and really struggled. He got down to about nineteen percent three, and I think now in the last you know five games or seven games, he's shooting you know almost. 45, 47 percent, something like that. And um, um, so I would say he now, Coach, you know, what changed? And, you know, are you selling that stuff yet on eBay? Like what exactly goes on with, you know, how that works? And and really what it was, it was really him and him continually to work and him not to. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, people get into those kind of ruts. And uh, for to his credit, he worked his way out of it. You know, some people walk away from it like, well, if I take a break, then, well, you know what? That's not how it works. Like and, and so he just kept on, you know, being confident in what he does and the way in which he does it and, and get extra reps and come in and get extra reps in the gym, come in the morning, and shoot after practice and and then the other one I would say is is Chaz Lanier. And if you look at his last I think he's shooting, you know, fifty percent from three or or whatever it is, and obviously he had a breakout game last week. Um, but, but I think Chaz is starting to really figure out when I you know, I, if you ever watch me coach Chaz, you can see there's many, many times I get into him. And, and what I get into him about is to be more aggressive. Now, how would you like to have a coach get into you about being more aggressive? Yeah. Right? I want yeah. you to shoot more. I want you to take those shots. Right. We really want, you know, like it isn't like I'm getting into him about, you know, being this, that, or the other. I'm, I'm trying to help us win and and trying to help him understand how he can help us win. So I, I would say Jarius Hicklin from, from the beginning of the league to now. And then I would say Chaz Lanier, uh, most recently, the way in which he's. You know, Jaden's been pretty, 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 pretty consistent. Jonathan's been been pretty consistent, and, and um, 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 Jose, I think, um, I, I think he found his he found his rhythm. And obviously, Carter, it, 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 this is the best statistical year uh, Carter's ever had. And um, and to think about that, and to think kind of how that's transpired, that's really really impressive for him.
2: Matthew, you joined us a few weeks ago uh, as the calendar turned to February, and you you flat out said this is our month. Uh, you guys won five of seven from that point on, swept JU, and you've gone from, uh, I think, 11th at that time when we had that conversation to now you guys have clinched a spot. What, was there a key moment? Uh, was there anything you can put your finger on as to why uh, this, this has continued to be such a strong month for you all?
4: Well, I wish that Florida Coast Bank 3 wouldn't have won in. I know that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> from, from the corner. Uh, you, you know what? Um, it's just part of our DNA. You know, it's just, you know, it's and it is what it is. Listen, it's, it, it, it is what it is. Everybody's got their, you know, their, their whatevers. And, um, you know, we usually come in to the league um, um, just depending on the, the kind of team we have. And, and we just, you know, it is what it is. And then as we get rolling, as we get more comfortable, as we get that consistency, and, and, we, and we play that, that, that consistent apples-to-apples type of person, we continually grow, 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 and get better. Last year, if you remember, we even flipped the script 162 with Jose and Carter not playing. So you can see it's a, it's a DNA thing. It's something um, that, that that we really, really, really understand, our guys understand, and we approach it um, with that uh, discipline, attitude, wins game, that dog mentality. Um, and, and so I think that's that's been really, really good for us. You know, when you look at tonight, you know, you look at Bellerman and, and, you know, depending on how things shake out, most likely scenario is these two teams are playing again Monday night in Lynchburg. Um, so, you know, when you look at a team like this that's coming in and, you know, you talk about two opposite sides of the basketball but have had success. Obviously, he won Division Two championships last year. They won the championship in the, in the tournament. And um, um, so, you know, no ball screens, barely any if ever by them, a ton of ball screens by us. Yeah, two very, very efficient offenses and our defense has got that's the other thing too, eh? so like our defense has gotten better and better and better the way it was last year. So so I think that's you want to put a finger on something specifically. I I think that but like we were point nine O D E R on on Wednesday night and, and, and might have had, you know, our best defensive performance against a team that's gonna probably finish third and was as good or hot as anyone coming in. So I, I would say that, that might be it. Um uh, that might be the trigger point to that, you know.
0: I, I was, and I'm to expound on what you guys just talked about. To, to expound on Hayes's point, at the end of January, UNF had struggled a little bit. Matthew came on with us. They were playing at JU and said, "Listen, February we tend to play different." Okay. Since then, to, to the point you guys talked about, UNF's won five out of seven since then. The shot, you, Gulf Coast hit that Matthew's talking about, it was a right corner three. It had no business going in. He shot it from the right corner, and somehow hit the glass and went in. And yeah
4: Minnesota
0: fans would like that yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> I mean I mean it was how did it go in? We were here, I'm watching it. how did it go in you know, i mean I mean yeah. i am mean, biased because I'm rooting for the home team, but how did the damn thing go in you know and, yeah and so 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 I mean you I've got to believe your team's playing with great I guess where I'm going with this got to be playing with great confidence right now. I mean, that's
4: what you want sure. at the end of the year is confidence, right sure and i and I think it's it's interesting, Frank, you say that and I, and I think I made this point, but maybe not and i and and this is the thing about these teams or our teams and the way our staff has always approached um every single season if you came to practice and you just sat there and watched practice you would have no idea what place the team's been right you would probably think they were fighting for you know for the upper echelon and fighting for you know first second whatever because they have they they have had that consistency um the lows haven't been the lows and highs haven't been the highs they've been steady eddy and 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 so to their credit, I think some of that also bleeds over to your point. And now you get a little bit of going, you get a little bit of juice going. All of a sudden, you feel like you feel. Plus, you know what you know. And now that that that's, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that's that's something to be, to uh, you know, some, so, something I think that needs to be said or something needs to be seen because you're you're 100 right on that one. By the way, Lauren had no idea Minnesota Fats. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, Lawrence? You are right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's a famous he's a famous yeah. pool shark. Pool player. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And he, can, yeah, he could do that corner. Yeah.
0: They put Engl- They called it English back then. Remember right? those great we videos on, on it, right? ESPN? Right. The ESPN go commercial <laughs> and there would be the billiards videos. Yeah, and it had English. That thing would go hey, you backwards know what's crazy? and
4: sideways. She, she didn't even want to touch it because I said Minnesota. <laughs> like, if I would have said Minnesota Wake challenge, if I would have said Minnesota Wake challenge, she would have jumped all over like, oh, yeah, 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 let me. But as soon as I said that, she's like, nah. Oh. <laughs> uh, Coach is going somewhere we can't go. So we're gonna... you, you, but that's you know his her real too name. well. That's his real <laughs> name, a, by the way. Yes, that's real I saw a
1: 30 for 30 on the Black Widow. Does that help? <laughs> well, hey, she was, uh, hey, he
4: was a piece, too.
0: Yes, yeah, for right. sure, uh, Matthew Driscoll. All <laughs> right, get some rest. I can't wait to watch tonight. I think you're going to beat Bellerman. I think you're playing great. I'm telling you, I I can't wait for the tournament. I, I I don't think anybody wants to play this team. I'm not saying it just because I'm talking to you. I'm saying it because I've been watching. So, uh, congratulations on this good run. Go get them tonight. I look forward to seeing you, Matthew. Thanks, buddy.
4: Appreciate you guys. Saying, hey, hey, don't forget twenty twenty the coast I, I got <laughs> it. So
0: I wrote it down. <laughs> thanks, buddy. We'll <laughs> see you, Matthew Driscoll. He's the best. Uh, he's the best going, and they are playing. They are playing great. To the point, I mean, I, mean, I was going to say the same thing you did, Hayes. They had lost six of seven, including three in a row at the end of January. And Matthew comes on with us. We're at the Riverhouse at J. This code really does work. What yeah, do you yeah. want out of here? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and Matthew comes on with us, and he says, well, we're a different team in February. They have won five of seven, should be six of seven, after losing six. It's pretty amazing. They the, could the, easily be 7-0 because oh, right. they could have
2: easily won mm-hmm. the game against Austin P. They That's had right. a shot to, right, to win it at right. the end.
0: The two losses have been by four points. Yeah, so, I mean, they're playing great. Big. I mean,
2: again, it's uh, it's tonight's interesting from a motivation standpoint because I don't think UNF can really change their conference outlook. Yeah. They're going to be either, I think, the 7 or the 8, and that really doesn't right. give you any sort of right. advantage. You're still going to have to play Monday. You're still going to have to play a, a neutral site game to start. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think that's interesting. And, and Bellerman uh, is because uh, UNF is solo eighth right now. Bellerman is seventh. Uh, so I, I don't. I'll, I'm, I'm curious to see how this game goes tonight. Now it's senior night for UNF. They're going to be jacked, but right. I'm, I'm curious to see for Bellerman how they approach it. Because uh, I, I don't. It, it's interesting. Maybe they can rise up if they get some help. Um, but I think uh, I think Matthew's right. I think you're probably going to see this matchup again monday night unless we see some unexpected results
0: uh we'll take a break when we come back let's get it to baseball one unf coach to the next our friend tim parenton is the head baseball coach at uh, unf he'll join us uh here at our location in the hospitality suite to talk unf baseball and more after this stay with us hey welcome back to the program glad you're with us live from the hospitality suite here at the unf arena frank Frankie hayes and lauren brooks and my buddy tim parenton joins us now the head baseball coach UNF. How are you, man? Good to see you. Baseball's here. That's an exciting time, right?
5: Doing great. Got a good group of kids. Just hope we get better every day.
0: Yeah, and, and I hear you. I hear you. I, I got Before we talk about your team, I got to tell you this about our clinic today. And I don't know, since we started this thing, TP has been one of our most devoted coaches. Send, he coaches himself, catch our hitters, send send players out there. You got a game tonight, okay? I mean, tonight. Like, tonight. Not, not in two weeks. You got a game tonight. And you still sent us a bunch of guys, good players. This Aiden Sweat, kid? who's a leadoff batter, plays second base, so he's a good player and an important part of your team. TP, if you could have seen him today, he was, you know, a lot of times we have the real coaches like you take the take the station and then the, the college kids kind of fill in as the backup, right? Not Aiden. He ran the throwing and catching station and what an amazing young guy. He was. I, can't, I can't thank you enough for sending him out and those guys out. He was awesome.
5: Well, we have a great group of guys and that's the one thing I am happy about this year. Our guys all bind in and do everything and they they've done stuff since the beginning of the year. Not just to walk off charities. They've done golf. They've been the uh, Ronald McDonald House. They've done everything. Everything we asked to do, they do. And and that's a testament to them guys. And they're still GPAs three point four, three point five. Graduate everybody on the field. We got to get a little better, but yeah. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there.
0: Tell me about this team. What do you obviously Cherokee Nichols? I, I who I think is gonna be a pro player. Uh, Aiden Sweat, obviously, we just talked about. Tell me about some of your arms. Tell me about some of these guys.
5: You know, we got Tony Roker back. He, yeah. He's pitched three years for us. Here we have Peter Holden back. Is on the mound. Uh, Avery Love, who was a JU signee, as a matter of fact, then tore up his elbow and went Very to amazing. junior college, and he's here with us now. Okay. we got some local guys that we we think, you know, can play. Uh, Alex Lodis at shortstop is a yeah. freshman that's Very playing every player. day for us. Yeah. Finn Howell, St. John's, everybody knows that name from yeah. last year in the high school ranks. You know, those guys are getting their teeth wet a little bit against some pretty good teams this weekend. This week we played a pretty good ball clubs, Picked to win their league. Either them or Campbell's going to win that league. And, uh, you know, so we got some guys out there that local, and we also have some guys from the junior college ranks that we're trying to mesh together before we start conference and get ready to roll. Tim, who are some
2: newcomers you're excited about?
5: Cherokee Nichols is one. Gabby, uh, Gabby Esquivel is another one that we really like. Uh, Jacob Runnels is a catcher we really like uh you know we got some pitchers that are tender right now uh some issues we have a couple of guys but lance bolton's going to be pretty good for us out of the bullpen he's going to help Stephen halstead a little bit out of the pen for us uh we got a, a young couple of young freshmen that are just getting their teeth wet today they're going to see a guy throw 94 95 they've never seen that probably they've seen it maybe once or twice but they've never seen it consistently for four or five innings And they'll see that tonight against villanova
1: how close are the baseball and men's basketball teams?
5: Uh, pretty close. We, most most athletes here get along. Uh, they do a great job getting together for functions and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they lift weights together. The, the problem we have here is we don't have a cafeteria where everyone can get together. We don't have a – this is a place where now we can bring groups together, which we will. Uh, and that's the, the, a testament to Nick to build this thing because we'll have some functions up here where all the athletes will be here. And they,
0: they just it, – it, we're
5: just so spread out. We don't get to eat in the same cafeteria every night and get to meet them all.
0: TP, it's hard with baseball because you've got to build a good team, and there's, there's so many players. people try to get players from out of here. But I want to go through some names now. You, you said some of them. Finn Hall, everybody knows him, the St. John's kid. Uh, Alex Lodice is a good player, shortstop that everybody wanted out of Bartram. He's already hit two old runs for you. So Cherokee Nichols is out there today. I mean, waist is about a 20. Chest is about a 48. He's, the, he's that guy. He's. I mean, he's going to play pro ball. I mean, he's. He's going to, He was a catcher at Fletcher. He's now, I guess, an outfielder for outfielder you. Outfielder for us. But I mean, I'm just telling. You, he's going to play pro ball. It almost seems like there's been more of a commitment to get local guys. Am I reading that right, or did it just did it just fall that way?
5: No, it, it is a commitment. You want to have local guys on your team. Yeah. I mean, even when I was at the bigger schools, Mississippi State, Florida old dominion we yeah. always wanted to get some local yeah. guys because local guys bring people to the stands yeah and if they can play and they're going to be in the lineup every yeah. day which that's who we want to recruit yeah. the guys that are in the lineup every day it's going to help the entire atmosphere of yeah. everything and and we have made a commitment to recruit some local kids
2: how good do you think the a son will be this year
5: a son's going to be really good again it's going to you know it's it's top heavy a little bit uh but it, it's going to be the same guys. Liberty's going to be there. Although they got beat three last weekend, but they went to South, Southern Miss and got beat three on the road on some one-run games. Uh, Kennesaw State's going to be good again. They brought in some transfers, and they got a, a good mix this year. That Coach Cole last year brought in all transfers this year. He went with some freshmen and some transfers. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast did a good job. Uh, so in Stetson and JU, I mean, it's always the same guys right around here. And then you got Eastern Kentucky. Who has some advantages to the way they can recruit and bring in certain kids to get in there? And, you know, it's going to be a good league again. Always is.
1: It certainly is. For people who haven't been to Harmon Stadium before, it's so much fun. Tell people why they should come out.
5: Uh, Come out because we do have a great atmosphere. We do have a lot of, you can sit and watch the ball game, you can sit in the bleachers, you can sit in the stands, you can walk around. Our concessions are very good. People love to have a few libations and watch the ball game and, <laughs> and go from there. And it's really – it's true. That's what they do. They come watch the game. Uh, we may have an ex-Jaguar uh, here tonight watching the game with us. One of their coaches may be here to watch a ball game or two, and he's been to seven or eight games out there because yeah. of the reason he loves to stand down the line and watch the ball games.
0: I want to go back to your staff for a little bit. Roca, we know, former Ponte Vedra guy, left-hander, big, big stocky guy to him in different sorts of ways. Uh, Holden's also a left-handed guy, a big, tall guy. Are you left-handed heavy? I know those two guys are.
5: We're not left-handed heavy. We're looking for left-handed out of the pen. You are okay. So we're, just we're those looking, two. You're two. Right. Your
0: two. You're your Friday, Saturday heavy. Right. Friday,
5: Saturday's lefties, and then after that, it's righties, pretty heavy. But we got some guys who can throw changeups, which is a left-handed pitch. Yeah. You know, to get right. guys out. We got some. We got some mix and match guys.
2: Who's going to be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints this year? Oh, uh, I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell you that. Although my my nephew, who is an assistant GM, with that, right, it, right. he'll be at the ball
5: game tonight. Okay. Okay. We're, gonna off- yeah. we're going to ask him. We're going to ask him. he and he, him. Okay. And he, he okay. doesn't he doesn't know either right now, and that's that's part of it. Is it's interesting because you know the money is skyrocketed for that quarterback position, and you know it's tough to get somebody forty million and. They hadn't won a championship or they hadn't really done a lot. They'd done good things, but they hadn't done a lot. You know, and that was the conversations I had last night with him trying to get into his head. He, <laughs> he wouldn't give up anything either. Who do you want it to be? Uh, you know, I like Carr. I, okay. I think he'd be a I, I think he's more on the, the lines of a Drew Brees, a, a coordinator back there that yeah, just yeah. moves the ball around and can right. do it. And, and if he has to run for 10, he can run for 10, but he's not going to run for 50. Like yeah, like right. the guys that want, everybody wants right now, like our guy Trevor, right. he's they, not going to break a fifty-yard right. runoff. off. Right. Carr's going to get an eight to ten, and that's it. Right.
1: If it's not Carr, then who do you think it should? We'll be? flip a coin. That's right.
5: That's right. <laughs> because right. we got to go yeah. just go through to everyone yeah. else. Well, after they all right. after the pecking order goes down.
0: Tim Parenton with us, the UNF baseball because you're as good a baseball guy as I know, so I got to ask all the questions. Um, speed of the the whatever they call the ghost runner, um, no shift, bigger bases, pitch clock like them hate them like some of them like hate some of them haven't
5: haven't seen it enough cuz I hadn't been to a lot of minor league yeah. games. Yeah. Uh the bases doesn't really affect anything. The, yeah. the the inches 2 inches doesn't really affect a lot. Yeah. I don't think it will. Uh, the speed up rule at the end of the game it, it's it's they manipulate the the rosters so much now it really doesn't affect it anymore cuz the guys go to AAA and up where they put the guy at second base yeah. that's really not a factor although it is. Because, you know, you can leave your guy out there one more inning and then bring him back. But, you know, let's see how it plays out. I I am for speeding up the game. Our games have been horrible this year. We're playing slow baseball right now, and I can't stand playing slow baseball. But I, I do love speed up the game.
0: The one I love, I don't like a lot of the changes. The one I do like, I like the shift rule. I am so damn tired of seeing guys hit a base hit to right field except for the fact that the second baseman's standing there and he one-hofts and throws the guy out. That's not how baseball is meant to be played. I hated that.
5: I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm good. Just keep them on the dirt and let's move yeah. them around. If they yeah. want to move on the dirt, I'm fine with that. Yeah, if you that's want to right. Put, if you want to put four guys on the right-hand side like they do sometimes, yeah. that's fine. If you want to bring a fifth infielder in in the extra right. innings when you've got a guy at third base, yeah. I'm fine with having five in. But keep them on the dirt. Got yeah. to stay on the dirt.
2: Do you like the leadership of your club from what you're seeing so far?
5: I do. Our kids are really good. They've done everything we've asked from day one. Uh, They haven't missed a a beat, you know, and and hopefully that's going to translate to wins on the field. I I think last weekend winning two out of three, I don't think we win two of those games in the past because of the leadership qualities that our kids showed. And they don't give up, and they're there the entire time.
0: Am I off the mark on Nichols on Cherokee? No, games, he's a good he's player.
5: Be- he's just got to learn to calm, calm himself down a little bit and, okay. and not swing and miss as much as he's swinging and missing. Right. And he knows that. He 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 knows he presses a little too much, and that's part of his deal. But, no, he's really a good player. He's got a good arm, can run, uh, can hit with power, can do all – you know, he has all the tools. It's just got to – he's got to put it together.
0: Is he an outfielder? That's what he's going to be? He, he's
5: going to be an outfielder. Yeah. He, he, he's a right he, – he can play left field. He can't play center. He can right. play both corners. He can play first base. Right. You know, and, and that's – when we- were, we recruited him out of high school and and just it worked out where he went to junior college, which was good. we got him back, but he can he can play the game and he's just gotta not not swing and miss as much and he'll get he'll get a chance
0: I thought he'd get drafted and signed out of juco Did, did you think he'd be back playing college baseball
5: um what no one understands right now is they went from sixty two to twenty two when you go from sixty two draft you have sixty two rounds of the draft right, right. to twenty two good point. It just deletes a lot of players. It keeps a lot of players in college baseball. Exactly right. It keeps a lot of guys in college baseball. Now that the squad limits, that they cut so many teams out of minor league baseball, yeah. there's just not enough play. There's not enough spots for guys that swing and miss or you know have a, have a flaw.
2: How good is the junior senior class in Jacksonville? Very area? good. Very yeah. good.
5: We've signed a few kids out of the area, and Ju as also, and we're going to continue to do that. They got a good group of baseball players in this area. I know, you know, Bishop Kenny has a couple, Providence has a couple. Everyone's got a couple of players if you just look at them.
1: How do you find time to do everything, to coach your team, to recruit this area, to help with walk-off? How do you find time to do it all?
5: You just have to find it. And, yeah. and you know, it's it's old school, put it that way. I was brought up just as a grinder, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to grind and we're going to find it. And my two assistants love going out there, and they'll, they'll show up at walk-off charities and do all the other mm-hmm. stuff. It's just – there is enough time in the day to get it done. The recruiting part has changed with the transfer portals and all of that stuff. It is it is totally different now than it was in the past. But you just have to do your homework and make sure you get the right ones.
0: Final thing, TP, tell us about Villanova. What are they? What are they? Uh, pretty good ball club. They
5: went out west uh, last week. And, and it's tough to go out west yeah, early in yeah. the year and that's I was just talking to their coach. He's, first time he's been kicked out of a ball game. He got kicked out of one out there because <laughs> their their walks were totally unbelievable to compared to the other team. He just oh. said it was one of those deals where it was just it's just they they got some arms. They got some older transfers. Okay. And that's what schools up in the Northeast have done that they've transferred in more guys from Division 2s and 3s that were really good players. And and that, and that Philadelphia area they got a lot of Division 2 and Division 3 players. So the guy we're going to see tonight is a grad transfer. Okay. Uh, the guy we're pitching tomorrow is a Division II transfer. So okay. they got some transfers. They got seven or eight transfers on that ball club. All right. That'll step in.
0: UNF Villanova, three games in a row 6.05 tonight, 2.05 tomorrow, and then noon, 12.05. Thanks for stopping by, man. We Thank you again for how committed you are to our charity. You know how much I mean that. It was great watching your boys today. So we you. love it. We love it. I appreciate it. Tim Perry, the UNF baseball coach, back in a moment live from UNF. So stay with us.
1: Welcome back to the Frangie Show, live at UNF Arena, thanks to Matthew Driscoll, the men's basketball coach, and Tim Parenton, the baseball coach, here at UNF, for joining us and previewing their upcoming games this evening. Frank Frangie hates Carline, Andrew Gibson back at 10th and XL headquarters. I'm Lauren Brooks, Tom Champion, making it happen, all right here at UNF Arena. All right, Frank, the Jaguars... Have a two-year, as reported by Tom Pellicero, a two-year deal now for C.J. Beathard to keep him around. Do you think Trevor Lawrence signed off on that?
0: I do. I think that spot on NFL teams is really important. I think particularly teams with young or younger quarterbacks, I think when you can have a guy that's been around the league that can help watch, I think the most important thing is watching tape. The hardest thing for these young guys to learn, and I've been told this from tons of nfl coaches is how to watch the tape what to watch for what to look for they've been watching tapes since they were in high school but more coaches tell me they don't know how to watch tape they don't they don't know what they're looking for and they're they don't know what to try and see and they don't know what to read and i think teams that have now is is cj better than chad Henney, better than you know this veteran teddy bridgewater that is one veteran guy better that i don't know i, I don't know how good C.J. Beathard is compared to Bridgewater or Henny or these other veteran guys. But I do know to have a guy like that is absolutely critical. And, and I'm not just saying it because the Jags signed him today. I've always felt like young quarterback, and that's what the league is now, by the way, is young quarterbacks, having the young. And Now, it's harder with a guy like Andy Dalton who, and I'm not faulting Andy for this, but he wants to play. I mean, he's, Andy's a guy that's going to be frustrated if he's not playing, I think. But I, I think having a guy I, I think that is a critical position on an NFL team. You can't take away Trevor's ping pong partner. Not
2: when he's <laughs> not when he's the best in right, the locker right, room. Right, right. Uh so that tag team title is probably getting defended. table um, tennis. Yeah. Table tennis. <laughs> um but uh it's but, ping pong is yeah. what it is, okay. Didn't someone correct yes, you? Okay, yes. that that's yeah. where I was going with that. Um but uh <laughs> but yeah, so it, yeah, I I agree with all that. I mean CJ is uh and Trevor are super close. Uh it's it's you know, I, they have a, a fantastic relationship. It's very evident in the locker room uh, how at ease they are uh, with each other. And I do think that's really important. And so, uh, yeah, uh, C.J. Beathard totally understands his role and his place. And uh, he's there if needed. But, uh, you know, his primary role uh, is uh, is to assist Trevor. And, uh, I mean, C.J. Beathard, I think, has a future in football beyond his playing career if he wants it. Uh, Obviously, his uh, grandfather was a fantastic general manager, so he just comes from a great football family. And, uh, yeah, and obviously this is going to be a low-dollars deal, so it's uh, very economical, uh, I would imagine, as well. So, uh, again, the Jaguars aren't allocating a lot of money to the quarterback position yet because Trevor Lawrence hasn't hit his second contract yet. So uh, and you feel great about him, so you don't need to, you know, you don't need an insurance policy that's an eight million dollar backup. So they can devote those resources to other positions.
1: I also think there was a magic about that team last season, and they want to keep the band together. Hundred percent. And so when I see John Taylor in a mock free agency mock draft today going to the Titans, I I kind of crack up. Like he's not going anywhere. At least I don't think he's going anywhere. Evan Ingram, we talked about it this week a lot. He's staying. I think Arden Key is staying. I think they are trying to do everything they can to keep everything from last season the same and then add to it.
0: I 100% agree. It won't be everything. To get better, there's going to have to be some unpopular moves. There usually are. Maybe they cut Roy Robertson Harris. I hope not, but maybe they do. Maybe they move on from Agnew, which I really hope they don't. But usually in the NFL, because the salary cap restrictions are what they are, there's times you have to have unpopular decisions. But your overall point is dead on. I was thinking it even before you said it. If you can keep this veteran backup quarterback, who's really not going to play very much, versus bringing in the next veteran backup quarterback, who's really not going to play very much, why not keep this one? To your point. The, the chemistry, everything was so good, so perfect last year. Why in the world would you change that? right? And I think that's a big part of it. And, by the way, quarterbacks do twist an ankle every now and then. Quarterbacks do miss a couple games. The one thing he showed a couple years ago, not last year, if he's got to go in and throw a few passes. You know, what, what do they say, Hayes? If, you're gonna, if your quarterback's out for four games, find someone to go two and two. Isn't that kind of the conventional thinking? Yes. If a quarterback's out for uh, a quarter of the season, four games, go find yourself a guy that can get you two and two. So, someone that can win two of the four games. Yeah, I think CJ, Yeah, I don't think this is just a oh, big deal. They signed CJ, let's go on. I, I think that's important.
2: Yeah, I do too. And, and again, hopefully we won't see him. Uh, right that often and you're not going to see him unless Unless we're up by 30 yeah Yeah, but he but he certainly is capable and uh and and he's he's young i mean you know this is not somebody who should have any sort of skill set erosion um so uh yeah it's a good move and uh you know it's it's hopefully the first uh to lauren's point of of many um potential free agents that are that are coming back to jacksonville
0: is Roy Robertson Harris going to be on the team?
2: I think so, but that's a tough decision. I, I, again, to me, that comes down to what you're going to do with Trayvon Walker. But if you're going to keep Trayvon Walker where he was, then I would really keep Roy Robertson Harris. I mean, again, I, you can save uh, just under $8 million by releasing him. But I think the Jaguars can restructure. I'm a little surprised we haven't seen any of that yet. Uh, at least become public because the Saints have already done it with like three players. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's certainly time. You know, we're getting close to the start of the new league year uh, and the Jaguars have to figure out how they're going to solve their cap issues. We've seen a lot of teams go ahead and start releasing high-priced veterans, uh, but we haven't really seen any moves of of significance for the Jaguars yet. Um, But my hope is that they'll be able to keep him because I think he played and I think he earned This this year of this contract, I think he he played well enough last year uh, to deserve it. But if you're going to move Trayvon Walker and you're going to have him play more of that role, then he becomes a little bit more of an expendable player. And
0: understand this, too, now that that restructuring, like some teams are doing, that bill does come due at some point you restructure when you're in that window to win but at some point you're going to be in, really in salary cap hell where, you, where you're going to then have to cut guys. But right? it's going to go
1: up so much. Yeah, it
0: is, but, but most teams will tell you, and you're right, you're playing a little bit of a guessing game. Of what's the stock market going to do, right? Mm-hmm. What's the salary cap going to do? But at some point you are going to, and, you will, and again, Hayes, you understand the cap so much better than I do, but at some point you kick enough money down the road that you're going to get to where you can't do it anymore. You've got to cut guys so maybe that's in 3 years. Yeah, they've never done it. So I right. think
2: I think they absolutely can do it this off-season. Again, this is probably the third, fourth year that the New Orleans Saints have right. been way over and have restructured to get, you know, help them get under. The the it does eventually catch up to you, but I, I don't think the Jaguars are any danger of having anything of consequence, you know, I, I, and I know we we're sort of have those scars of of salary cap hell from 20, you know, 3 years ago, but the system is so much different now. And uh and again, the cap is because of the Amazon money going to go up. Probably we're probably going to have the biggest jump we've had, I mean, maybe in 15 years in terms of percentage. So uh it's uh the the Jaguars are in a good place. They they shouldn't have to cut Roy Robertson Harris unless they just feel like, you know, it, it's it's not Feasible to pay him, you know, the, the money that they'll have to pay him for the production. Um, and I do think it's, it's more of a 60-40 argument. I, I would, I'm in the 60. I would keep him and pay him. But I understand the 40% that would be like, look, if, if we do this, if, if we get rid of him, uh, you know, it, it allows uh, certainly some, some breathing room without having to push anything into the future.
0: And, and you can go find somebody that makes you better. Uh, a better football team in another area. I'm I'm in the sixty, by the way. If that's if yeah. that's, if it's the sixty forty, sixty keep four. I'm in the sixty. Who yeah.
1: else is nasty and and edgy on yeah. that defense?
0: He, his leadership in that regard, his 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 um breathing that edge into other guys was real. He, Who and, else and has other, that? Right. Well, and you, well, you I mean, and and plays to it. Yeah. Maybe Foye. You know, yeah. Foyer. Foye. Fodakasi is got all the edge in the world. He's a tough-nosed guy. He's all you see those videos. He's the guy leading the leading the huddle a lot of the times, the pregame. But you got to play to it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Foley played to it last year. So I don't want to say it's hollow because that makes it sound like he's he's not he's, he's disingenuous. I don't think he's that at all. I think he's a very genuine person. But you got to if you're not playing if you're not playing well. I've heard more coaches tell him you cannot lead in street clothes. You cannot lead from the sidelines, and it's hard to lead when you're not playing well. You got so, and Roy Robertson Harris on top. Lauren, to your point about edge, on top of all the emotional stuff he brings, it took because he played well.
1: And that's what I think this defense needs. Maybe besides him, Foye, Iluwacan, and Rayshawn Jenkins, I would put near the top of yeah, the. Yeah, Foye, Foye, Foye. is a
0: quiet leader. Very, he's a very, um, very intellectual player. Right. He's an Extremely bright guy. He makes sure everybody's lined up. But I don't think there's a lot of rah rah there. Rayshon Jenkins plays so fast and plays so hard. Rayshon's a great guy. I love I love him in the locker room after the games. I love talking to him. But you what? What makes him? What guys? Guys respond to. I don't know how much of a vocal leader he is or isn't. Guys respond to Rayshon because of how fast and hard he plays. I mean, if uh, if they're playing somebody and it's a draw play, and a Jaguar blew it up in the backfield. And I said, Hayes, you weren't watching. Your back was turned. Who do you think blew it up? He's a pretty good guess, right? Absolutely. I mean, Rayshon Jenkins might be as good a guess as who blew it. I mean, as good a guess as one of the linemen. Mm -hmm. If you find find out, okay, they ran an inside handoff and Jaguar guy blew it up in the backfield for a five-yard loss and you didn't see who it was and you guessed it was Sean Jenkins, you probably had a pretty good shot at it. I'm guessing that viral sensation spotter John Deneen has pointed <laughs> yeah, to he, him yes, many <laughs> <a> he times. <laughs> he's, he's pointed to number <laughs> yeah. You better believe he is a viral sensation. He's a superstar. <laughs> and he has pointed to number two many times. Exactly right. And,
1: and I'm not talking so much about vocal leadership. I just mean, like, who plays with that nasty edge? Who else well, that's the, him. Yeah, who that's else in him. the locker room after games have you talked to, Hayes, that you feel like they've said that about?
2: I think – and no, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I mean, there, it was such a young defense, right. it, but I, I do think Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd have that potential. Their heads were swimming as rookies, Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if in, in if Trayvon Walker became and, and Devin Lloyd became a player that I mean, super nice people, but flip a switch oh, uh, yeah. when the game goes on and, and they become problems yeah. for opponents on a regular basis and with with an edge,
0: yeah, yeah. I used to say this about basketball players and toughness. How many basketball players would win a fight against a guy their exact same size, the same height, and weight? You know, that's the tough guy, and that's the you know who, who would. Well, you don't say it about as you don't say it as much about football players because they all qualify. You know, but I I think I think Trayvon Walker is going to be a terror when when he's comfortable when he there's no debating in his mind his assignment when he you know there's. There's, you know, you know when you drive somewhere, even if you don't have your navigation on, if you've driven it enough, you can kind of do it in your sleep because you kind of know where it is, you know. Well, sports are like that too. When you've played outside linebacker or defensive end against NFL guys for two or three years, there's a knack. You just know how they're going to block. You know how their tendencies are different. You know NFL guys, the, the pulling guard. You know how quick he's going to get to his to, to the edge. Well, when, you, when you've played against the there's The hardest thing about being a rookie in the NFL is you just haven't experienced that. Uh, I can't tell you how many veteran guys have told me how much different it is in year four because I know how quick the pulling guard gets there. I know, how, I know if I'm a quarterback by year four, I now know how quick those damn cornerbacks are and how tight that window is because if I'm a second late with a the throw, they're probably going to pick it off. Well, no matter how much you've heard that and seen that and heard, read about that, Until you've been out there in the game and you – that's what happened with Trevor early on. You know Trevor's throwing picks? He just couldn't judge how quick those defensive backs were and how if you may – that throw you can get away with against Wake Forest, you cannot get away with against the Denver Broncos. That's the – and I think it's the same with linemen. So I think Trayvon Walker, to your point, and Devin Lloyd – the more they've experienced – I think they're both going to be good players. I, I, I haven't – I didn't see one thing one thing that told me, oh, boy, might have missed on those two. Did you? No. Not, not a thing in the world for both of them. I mean, Devin guys. Lloyd got lost, yeah. but, but that's that, but to be expected as a rookie. Yeah,
2: it was, it, it just, with Devin, it just came at an odd time. Yeah, right. Rookies don't tend to get look so good in September. Right. Like, miss all looks camp, look so good in September, then sort of get lost right, around right, Halloween right, right. for four or five right. weeks. And then figure it out as the, as the season went on. But, I mean, I think that, again, the other thing, too, is they don't have to worry about a draft process. Right. You know what they're worrying about right now? Getting 100% healthy, uh, not, you know, in, just from the season, the mm-hmm. wear and tear. And, again, just focusing in on how do I get better, you know, learning the scheme. I mean, they're, they're just, it's a, going into your second year, it's a totally different offseason than when you're coming out of college, having to get ready for the draft, having to get acclimated to a new league, a new team, you're an employee for the first time in your life, all those things. It's, it's a whirlwind.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I, so, I, so I'm confident those guys as well. Let's take a break. Let's, uh, let's get back to some UNF talk. Uh, Nick Morrow is the terrific athletic director here at UNF. He'll join us in a moment to talk about uh, his basketball team, his baseball team, and a whole lot more. So stay with us.
1: Welcome back to the Franchise Show live at UNF Arena ahead of UNF men's basketball taking on Bellarmine. But Nick Morrow gets to just sit back, relax, and watch tonight's game with enjoyment.
6: Yeah, up here in the suite, right? That's right. Uh, He's in. We're in the conference tournament. Yeah, we're in the conference tournament, and so that was a huge win on Wednesday, especially after uh, the start of the week was a little uh, eventful Mm -hmm. with after Saturday night's uh, little scuffle and stuff and dealing... With the aftermath of that and the conference office and everything went to it, so to come out on Wednesday without Jonathan Abar and just go lights out against a very good EKU team was, was awesome.
0: Hey, how does that go for an AD? I mean, do they call, does the league office call you? Do you reach out to them? Do they say, hey, we'll let you know a decision? Can you can you lobby? How, how does that whole thing work?
6: Yeah, fortunately I was there. I was okay. very glad okay. I was there to, yeah. to witness that if I would have been watching at home and then all the broadcast shuts yeah. off and yeah. there's fights going on and stuff, like – who knows? I would have been freaking out. But I was there, so that sure. was good. Uh, the play happened on the far end of the court. All of I just see the benches clear, and so I don't know what's happened. I don't know whose fault it is. I didn't. So, you know, I went down there and made sure our team got in the locker room. Um, I let the officials have it a little bit for letting it escalate to that point. But then also, you know, just got with their AD and be like, you know, what, what happened? Yeah. You know, and he didn't have a good idea either. And we just got everyone first safety first and foremost. Got them in the locker room. Then let's start digesting this. And so when we started watching the video and play back, I felt I was actually really proud of our guys because you had Jonathan Abar. They had five or six awesome P guys that just jumped them. You know, that could have gone sideways in a whole other direction yeah. if our guys wouldn't have just tried to break it up and, and keep their cool and just you know just try and and calm the situation and and get into their locker rooms. Everyone's fired up, of course, at that point. And so I was really proud of the way they handled themselves. Goes to the conference office. They're the ones that really decide, okay, what suspensions are are in play here? What's the automatic suspensions? Who needs additional suspensions? And then the schools can implement additional suspensions if they need to. And so, uh, you know, this is Sunday and going back and forth with the conference office saying, hey, we're playing Eastern Kentucky in like two days, so we're going to need a pretty quick response whether we're going to have – you know, are all of our players or not. Who's going to be suspended? And um, so we went back and forth with them a little bit. Um, then the suspensions came out late on Monday. We got a heads up closer to lunchtime about who. Um, and, and we figured Jonathan's probably going to have a game. Uh, we could have argued that the way he got jumped and stuff, But there's other, a lot more stories, a lot more conversations that went into all of it. I know our fans were upset. A lot of them, that Jonathan was suspended at all, and I get that based on what you saw on video. There's a lot more that went into that and those conversations. And uh, then Austin P had three guys suspended, and they decided to add a second game to the guy that came and and started swinging pretty quickly. And so um, it was an exhausting few days, obviously a first experience for me. Um, I hope I never have to experience that again. But we all learned a lot from it and, and how to handle it moving forward.
0: Uh, let me let me weigh in as Homer guy. You know, it's a Homer comment, but it's just my honest opinion. I thought all Avery did is try to block a shot. So maybe there's stuff I didn't see, but I'm just telling you from the little bit of video I saw. I might have been where your fans were on that one. Right. Uh, just being honest with
6: you. Yeah, and I would. Agree- I would agree that I'm not sure that was even a flagrant. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, 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 think I don't think it was a flagrant. No. I mean, I, all I saw was the video, yeah. but the video I saw, I didn't think it was. No, I thought right. he tried to block the shot.
6: Right. No, I would agree with that. And, um, you know, there's some other things after the fact that okay. were off camera and stuff that kind okay. of that, enough. Kinda, that kinda led to the other dissension. But I agree with you. And, I mean, our guys are told, like, you come in there, you try and dunk because the time's expiring. Oh. You're going to go up. and We're going to try and block a shot. Of course you are. Yeah. And yeah. and their response on it wasn't on, just
0: a dunk. It was the bounce and the it was yeah, the showboating. It was, showboating fly, it was a showboat dunk. Yeah. Right.
6: And that that wasn't. Yeah. I mean. And then their response after the foul was even just as, yeah. as bad, if yeah. not worse. Yeah. So, um, but we're we're moved on past it. Yeah. You know. And, you won uh, the game without him. We won the game uh, on Wednesday without him. We secured our spot. So we'll be either 17 or 18, depending on what happens tonight, and then then we'll turn around and we'll play the same team again on <laughs> right, Monday. Right. You know, so I asked sure. so how are you going to handle this with minutes and stuff? And you never came out and answered my question. So I don't know <laughs> if he <laughs> did that for you. Like, kind of cut that. You just kind of looked at me funny. I was like, all right, we'll talk <laughs> no, about he's kind of talking about yeah. pool players who I right, didn't know yeah, about. Uh, yeah.
2: Senior night tonight. What uh, what is yeah. Carter meant for you guys, and how special will this night be? Uh, is just is just send him off.
6: Yeah, I mean it's one of the greatest players to come through this program. Um, you know, second all-time in scoring behind Dallas and top five in almost every single category I mean it's just tremendous and he's just an outstanding individual as well that's really cool about this job and the fact that I've been here long enough to see a lot of these guys when they come in as 18 year old baby face freshman and then he gets his COVID year so he's got an extra year so he's been here for five years playing and to see his growth and his maturity and he's having his best season right now and he is such a, a great leader, and, and so it's really it's going to be a special night. And I, I mean, I know I'll, I'll personally get a little emotional with it because you, you, you just see them grow as eight from 18-year-old kids to 22-year-old adults, and, and that's really what makes this job special to begin with. That's what keeps you going in this job, not dealing with the aftermath of those type of situations, dealing with the conference. It's it's working with these student athletes and seeing their growth, and then having special nights like this.
1: North Florida Athletic Director Nick Morrow with us. Nick, I, for people who don't know, I worked for you for a little bit. I've never seen you yell at anyone. Did you yeah. do a good job yelling yeah, at the officiating like that. crew? I know,
6: right? Yeah. Um, you know, so I've yelled at an occasional youth soccer game official. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the first time i yelled at <laughs> an ASUN official from like me to you that yeah. close. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I try to you know, even keel. I try and keep it in check. But, I mean, you get a lot invested in, into what we do here. And when those type of situations, like, the emotions are going to come out a little bit.
0: How, how crazy is this time of year? you got a lot of stuff, right? I mean, this, this, this is a lot of stuff time of year. Right?
6: It's the busiest time of year. It's the crossover season. It's when the Brock Borgesons and the Caitlin Parsons of the world never go home. They sleep right. in their offices because <laughs> we literally got every single – Beach Volleyball started their season today, right, right. and uh, swimming just wrapped up this past weekend. Otherwise, we literally have every single sport practicing and competing right now. Even spring soccer and volleyball is competing in their spring season right now. So it's literally all 19 of our teams. Hmm. And so that's a, that's a lot. And and the fact we're in the South, we host a lot too because all those northern ones, Villanova coming down for baseball and softball's hosted uh, two straight weekends of tournaments and they're going to host again next weekend. And and then you got Beach and you got. uh, auburn's coming to play our women 's tennis team tomorrow they're number five in the country and they're going to play on on u sure. n s campus and um then men 's tennis we host our first track meet next week that's one of eleven track meets we 're hosting this year by Ooh. the way twenty eight total dates of track meets that we're hosting uh Bob Hayes is only a few weeks away, and we're really excited about and honored to be able to host that yeah. event as well that's gonna one be of the a great really legendary events yeah yeah, I mean probably the most storied track and field event in the the city and the fact that we get to host it and help elevate the profile of that that meet is really special and so yeah I mean it's it's a crazy time of year it's very exciting time of year everything comes alive Um, I just gotta you know hope the staff makes it through and doesn't want to quit or leave on on us so
2: what are the logistics like so the game will get over let's say around nine o'clock tonight and I'm assuming all the rest of the games in the league are pretty much tonight correct correct so you get done at nine you'll know exactly the final standings and uh, what goes into the logistics of getting the team prepared to go to uh,
6: either Liberty or Kennesaw for that Monday yeah. night game? Yeah, that's a great question. That's the, the crazy part of our league, doing the high seat hosts. Like, the t- travel turnaround is quick, and it's a little bit difficult. But so the one caveat there is that Kennesaw State's at Central Arkansas. They don't tip till 8 Eastern. So okay. we're actually probably going to have to wait an hour after ours and know for sure. Because if Kennesaw wins, Liberty wins, then we're going to Liberty because Kennesaw, Kennesaw gets the tiebreaker over Liberty for the one seed. And so if K- Liberty wins, Kennesaw loses, we're going to Kennesaw. And so, um, you know, talk to Bobby Kennan, associate head coach. He does a lot of their travel and uh, got the buses ready because we'll just end up busing either way. It's just, it's just easier. Leave on Saturday, take the day to get up there, Sunday get a full practice in, then the Monday uh, game, and, and we'll be there for Monday and Tuesday. And then after that, they reshuffle the seating. And so you don't know where you're going for Thursday. Really? So yeah. So that bracket
2: isn't firm. No. Oh, no. wow.
6: So the highest seed remaining will host the lowest seed remaining. And so they'll reshuffle for the semifinals. And so, really, it's you don't know again till Tuesday night, and then wow. you redo your travel all over. And, of course, you don't want to look that far ahead, too, because you've got to win your tournament sure. your game to, to move on to the next round. But um, a lot of people question the high seed host. I'm a big proponent of it. Um, I think it's fantastic. I've seen the A-Sun tournament at a neutral site in Macon, Georgia, and the couple hundred fans that are there for the yes, finals. Yes. And I've seen 2015 us hosting USC Upstate with over 6,000 people, and this place is one of the coolest atmospheres I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've been to Florida-Kentucky games, Maryland-Duke games, and this is up there with just one of the coolest atmospheres I've been a part of. We were here. Mm-hmm. That,
0: that Upstate game on a Sunday afternoon, ESPN2 game, sitting at press row was unbelievable. It it was. I, I, I would concur with what you said. It was, it was one of the amazing. And I've done a lot of those, okay, and it was one of the really cool game, game, things I've seen. Is it standard to, to, to bus to Lynchburg?
6: We have because it just ends up being easier when you have to transfer through or uh, connect through like Charlotte or something like that. You could connect to Charlotte, to Lynchburg. But part of the problem is, too, when you do these last-minute bookings and you have a travel party of 22, you rarely get on the same flight. Okay. So then you're separating your team into two or three different flights. I didn't know that. So okay. if we can just hop on the bus and know it's nine hours to get there, yeah. maybe we stop even halfway because they they have colleagues in the industry that can open up their practice yeah. gym for us, yeah. then it's just it's just easier to do it that Makes way a sense. lot of times. So. I never
0: thought about that, but you're right. You, you may not have 22 seats no. on the Delta flight. To, to Where do you fly into?
6: Uh either richmond or you can go into lynchburg because i'm personally looking at going in sunday night and okay. there's a flight that leaves at like eight o'clock goes through charlotte gets into yeah. lynchburg around midnight
0: but you're right yeah i, I never thought about that and you'd be, no. the last thing you want is your
6: team split up that's yes. the last thing you want yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then you then you lose baggage somewhere yeah. along the way yeah. and then yeah, you, yeah it's it but that's not messed. just that it's
0: you don't want your just team everything. split up. you're about yeah. to play the most important
6: games of the year season right. you don't want to be split up half the time no that's not ideal
1: how great is it to have beach volleyball on campus now
6: yeah, it's pretty neat. It's a cool sport. If you haven't come out to check it out, it's one of the, the. just the vibe, because you're playing music the whole time. You're bringing out your beach chair, you know, and, you know, we've got concessions going, we've got beer out there, and it's just a, It's one of the cooler vibes of college sports that I've been a part of, and so the fact that we were one of the five First five schools in the entire country to sponsor NCAA beach volleyball is really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, and we also, uh, ASUN Conference was the first conference in the entire country to sponsor beach volleyball. We won the first ever conference tournament, so we will always be able to say UNF was the first ever conference champion in uh, NCAA beach volleyball. That's pretty neat.
2: That is awesome. What What are some of the success stories that? that have come out the last month or two in the athletic program that maybe haven't gotten the, the notoriety that you would have liked to have seen anybody that you want to brag about yeah. a little bit?
6: Uh, one is um, indoor track. A uh, transfer uh, named Mac Franks broke the four-minute mile in indoor track, wow. which is a phenomenal feat. Uh, they're up in in indoor championships right now. Up in Lynchburg for indoor track and field championships. So he he broke a program record. Our swim team just broke multiple program records last week in the conference championship. Um, Aiden O'Gorman for indoor track broke the three I think it was a 3,000 meter um, program record. So we're we're breaking records. That's always that's always fun to yeah. do. Uh, so that's been great. Um, coach Conrad Jeff Conrad first year side head softball coach is off to a great start. We were at Florida State, number six in the country, uh, a day or two ago, uh, and lost 4-3 late in the game, too. So they took them down to the wire. So I'm really excited to see what that team can do. Um, And so spring is uh, always an exciting time. Uh, We've a lot of successful spring sports.
1: Nick, you played soccer. What was your fastest mile?
6: So I ran track um, at Nice for a year or two, and my – Sophomore year mile was my fastest at 4.33.
1: Wow. And,
6: I, and, um, well and, lot. and then I ran cross country as well. And so my 5K was 16.15. Yeah. Good so, night. Yeah, it's, um But so it, I c- those guys that make running for a yeah. living and run yeah. through college, like it's, it's a whole other mental game. And yeah. you got to be a little off to do that. You know, Hazel, <laughs> <so, yeah. laughs> hey, is, is that close to yeah. your period? Oh, yeah, of course. Or, uh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> well, here's
0: what I'll counter with you, Nick. <laughs> I tried to walk on at Florida in 1979. Uh, in baseball, uh, we ran the 60. There were uh, 74 players out there. I was the second slowest. Okay. That's the true story. That's, I, I, I was I the second slowest 60 of 74 players. That's you the, weren't the slowest. I, mean, I was not the slowest one. it's a yeah. win. So there's that. You go. Uh, Nick Morrow, the uh, AD here at UN. Hey, congratulations on, on the way everything's going. And, guys, is this beautiful. We didn't talk about it much this time because we did last time. But people have to love this. It's I'll gorgeous. Tell you what you've done in this
6: arena. It's it's been phenomenal, and hospitality alone. We in previous hospitalities have averaged maybe eighty people yeah. a game. We're over one hundred twenty for every game. Yeah. So that kind of tells you that how interested people are and how engaged they are with this. And I'll tell you this,
0: having experienced it for a game, an entire game like we did last time, it's you got it right. It's not crowded, but it but it's fun. You don't want it. You don't want it too big where it's empty, yeah. but you don't want it to be. Right. it into each other i think you got it just right yeah I, it feels that way
6: it, it turned out better than i thought i thought we'd have to make some adjustments yeah uh, that's where we got going and stuff but it's honestly it's been great we, you know we'll send out a little survey to everyone who's been up here a lot just to get some feedback and yeah. adjustments we need to make but all in all extremely happy with it Nick more of uh, them thanks nick we appreciate thank it thank you so much we'll take a
0: break pete prisco joins us to talk nfl football after this our buddy pete prisco joins us now from cbssports.com pete how you doing buddy
4: you sleeping over there, Frank? <laughs> we were, talk-
0: we're talking. We, we were talking to Nick Morrow, our ad buddy, and the next thing you know, you were there and gave me saying, "Come back, you dummy!" So we're back. So there you go. Uh, it is always. Peace report, by the way, is brought to you by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles, the best in vintage cars, terrific autographed items, and a whole lot more. Head to Showtime Corner of Phillips and Shad, and of course, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When are you heading to Indy, bro? When are you going up? Monday. You. Uh, we are going Tuesday morning, and we'll be there. Uh, we'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, we'll have to drag you on at some point. The mayor, the mayor of Prime Two, the mayor of Prime Forty Seven. You know that, right? I do. You're yeah, and, uh, looking forward to and seeing we'll
7: him. We'll be broadcasting there all day. We have a set there, so I'll be there okay. at that facility all day, looking. And I will definitely come over and say hello. and We'll do some radio.
0: Yeah. You, you know what? Then uh, we're looking forward for for to it as well. All right. Uh, we'll get to the combine in a minute. Um, uh, issues, issues in the NFL. Let's start with them, some issues. We'll get to the Jags later, too. Uh, the Russell Wilson thing is all the rage today. The Athletic reports, Pete, that he asked uh, Seattle ownership to fire John Snyder and Pete Carroll. He quickly came back and said, uh, Russell Wilson came back and said, that's not true. Where do you stand on it? What do you think the truth is?
7: Well, I, yeah, look, they wouldn't report that if it wasn't true. And so I think, you know, obviously this is a guy who uh, throughout his career is, um, you know, a lot of people portrayed him as a phony at times in his career. And, and, you know, look, I've been hard on Russell Wilson his entire career. and In fact, probably too much so. Um, But again, a lot where there's smoke, there's fire. And these guys are good reporters. I know those guys and they wouldn't report that if it wasn't true. And, And so obviously it's a bad look for him. The fact that he had an office in the facility on the second floor is even a bad look in itself, and we've known that for a while. He, he just doesn't, you know, it, it just doesn't believe in, in terms of being one of the guys down in the locker room, and that's always concerning. And, and I think that's the best thing about the quarterback in Jacksonville is he, he's definitely one of the guys.
2: Pete, who are some players at the combine that you're intrigued to see?
7: You know, we I have been watching a lot of tape lately, and uh, I mean, look, I. Everybody loves Will Anderson, and I do too. I just don't think he's Von Miller. Uh, I think he's a good player, but I want to see him. Uh, I want to see, you know, how big he is. Uh, And everybody says he's 6'3 and 245. I want to see if he's that big. Um, uh, You know, in terms of positional guys, uh, and particularly guys that, uh, you know, Jacksonville might be looking for, I want to see some of those wide receivers. Quentin Johnson is an interesting guy. 6'4", and can run, but when you pop on his tape, I don't think he plays to that speed. He's the best receiver in the class, but I don't know if he plays to that speed. So I'll be curious to see if he does run, what his 40 time will be. And then, you know, if I want to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, if you're looking for a pass rusher, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is six foot six, two 275 pounds. And when you watch him, he has the tools and the ability. And one of those guys that I think is going to be better on the next level than he was in college and, you know, because his, his traits translate. So keep an eye on that guy. I think he's going to go storing up the court.
1: Pete, on your list of top 100 free agents, you have Juwan Taylor 8th. Does he remain a Jaguar?
7: I think he remains a Jaguar, and I think they'd be foolish to allow him out the door. I've said it all along, and I'm going to stand by that. You, you, you've got a quarterback <laughs> who's your franchise. You build around. Don't weaken yourself, and don't give yourself the opportunity to get worse on the offensive line. Find a way to make it work. What I would do, I would tag Evan Ingram and I would pay Jawan Taylor. And then i go to camp. Look, remember, Cam Robinson's coming off an injury. Walker Little, you don't know if he can play on the right side. If you go to camp and Cam Robinson, maybe you give him reps at guard and get bigger at the the guard position. So I think there's a lot of ways to work it out, but I'm not getting worse on the offensive line. I'm finding a way to keep Jawan Taylor, and and, and particularly after the way he played last year, he's my starting right tackle going into next
0: season. 100% agree with that. I know it's hard to win – I mean, Pete, and I said this before, Pete, the people that say, ah, oh, you got Walker Little and you got Cam Robinson. Why do you need on? There's twisted ankles in the league, bro. There's, I mean, we've learned without a, the two teams that got to the Super Bowl, got there because they had great offensive lines. I 100% agree with you. Somehow, some way, find a way to keep him. Do you think they will? Are you worried about left tackle money changing
7: that? Well, I think they'll they'll do their best to do it if it gets out of control, which I don't necessarily think it's going to get crazy, crazy left tackle money, so I don't think it's going to get that out of control, and I think they can find a way to do it. You can do anything you want to in this league if you decide you want to do it, and and one good thing about Jacksonville, they have an owner that has cash. You know, this is a cash business. This is You can right. give out big signing bonus money when you have a lot of cash, and, and he's a very wealthy owner. He's one of the best in the business, so... I don't think they, and we, they showed that last year, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. But if they want to keep him, they keep him. And I think the best way to do it, if you look at Evan Ingram, you know, if you tag him, you give him a franchise tag, you look at that number, it's not that bad. It's 11, what, 11, a little over $11 million. I think you, you sign Taylor, you bring back, you know, Ingram on the franchise tag, and then you look at the offense. You, if Cam Robinson's healthy and you don't want him to play left tackle, you want Little to play left tackle, let him compete at left guard. And if he's a left guard, then all of a sudden you go tackle to tackle, you have an enormous offensive line.
0: Totally agree. And I I think, by the way, if it played out that way, the way you just said, they're going to put the best five guys out there. And if Walker Little is one of the best five guards, he'll win the left guard spot. I think you're dead on on that. I think that's how they'll do it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Pete, where are you with Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd in terms of your optimism or lack thereof going into their second seasons?
7: Well, I think Trayvon Walker's got to learn, spend the entire offseason, and I would recommend he go work with Chuck Smith up in uh, up in Atlanta and learn how to become a pass rusher. Learn, but learn how to use your hands. Learn how to become a guy that you know can't just put your helmet smack dab into the middle of the tackle and expect to win. As big as he is, as physical as he is, I think he has to learn how to use his hands. I still think he's going to be a good football player. I don't know if he's ever going to be a dynamic edge rusher. He could be a dynamic rusher from the interior, which is something they might have to consider – as well going forward, Devin Lloyd looked lost to me all year. And I, and I think missing camp the way he did hurt him, set him back. Um, he just seemed like he was slow to react. He got a little bit better as the season wore on, but he's got to get better with the X's and O's and the ability to drop into coverage because there's ability there, and I think he can be a good football player. So optimistically, uh, you know, for him, I'm encouraged by what I saw later in the season, and I do think Trayvon Walker needs to learn, learn some moves to learn how to be a pass rusher.
1: Pete, I'm really surprised you like Derek Carr a lot more than you like Jimmy Garoppolo. Why is that?
7: I just think he's a little bit better and I think the, you know, the, when you look at him, I think he's, you know, been on the field. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt all the time and that's a concern. Uh look, I, necessarily do I think Derek Carr is the end all be all? No, I do not. <laughs> In fact, I think the whole group aside from Lamar Jackson who's going to get a franchise tag is an average group of quarterbacks. They're the guys that you look around this league and you try and, you know, plug them in. It's Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, those those kind of guys. That's what Derek Carr is. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. And you never want that. You can win with those guys. You can have those great seasons, but it's not going to be the sustainable success you have with the, with the great quarterbacks. And, and so I just think Carr is a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: I want to go back for a second. Um, and I was going to do this, then, but we got to talk on Jaguar stuff. Boy, I think Will Anderson's really good. I, I, I think he I think he might be Von Miller, man. I I think he's I mean, and I know you've watched him a lot too. What don't you like about his game? Because I I, think, I Pete, I think we've o think people have thought he was we do this a lot. Not you, but I mean the, the the media in general. We think a guy's good for so long, for so long, that at the end we want to kind of talk ourselves out of it, you know what I mean? Because we want to say something different. I love him as a pass I'd like pure NFL
7: pass rusher. You don't so much? I, I Look, in 2021, he was really good. I thought last year, and they misused him a little bit by reducing him inside, which I never right. liked. I and, agree. And I think that hurt him a little bit, but he did, did, didn't play with suddenness. And, you know, when you watch Von Miller and Nick Bosa and those guys, they, they they get off and they're up the field. I think he's more Khalil Mack, and that's not to say he's not a good player, because I think he's a good player and he's, he's the first edge rusher in this class. But I just don't see the Explosive ability like though I think he does a lot of things well. I just don't think he has that big-time burst that I like to see from the edge rushers.
2: Pete, hey, what do you think will be some – give us a prediction on maybe some news that we'll see at the Combine Tuesday, Wednesday, when the coaches and GMs get up there. Do you have a, a feeling of, of anything that might be coming?
7: Well, Lamar's going to get his tag at some point. That's coming. I mean, they got – they have to decide which tag they're going to give them, and ultimately they could do this. They could give him the, the the lower tag. They're having a tough negotiation with him, and it's a bad negotiation because you're negotiating against your quarterback. And when you negotiate against your quarterback, and there's no agent involved, it's hard to do. And I know I've talked to guys in that building. It's hard. And you know, if you give him too much, you look bad. If you don't give him enough, you took advantage of him. And so if you give him the low tag, which is you know 32 million or whatever it is, then. You allow people to negotiate for you. And if somebody, you know, he wants that guaranteed deal, all of it, like Deshaun Watson did. If you give that to him, um, then, you know, it sets a precedent around the league and it's a, it's a game changer for the NFL. If you don't and somebody else does, you're probably going to lose them, but you get two first-round picks. If they don't give him the guaranteed deal entirely, then you can match it and then you didn't have to negotiate it. You just matched it. He's your quarterback again.
1: Pete, what's a story that you love to tell from previous combines?
7: Oh man, I remember back in the day, and where the combine is now, you know, it's moved a bunch. It was in in the convention center, and then it was you know, first it started when I first started going, and it was 1993, I think it was. It was my first year. It was in the lobby of the Holiday Inn where the players stay now, right there, that Crown Plaza Holiday Inn. There were probably yeah, maybe fifteen reporters. Not a lot of cameras, and they brought the players out if you asked for them, and you sat there and you interviewed them. That—that's how long ago that was, and wow. and I remember, and I remember one year chasing Steve McNair down down the street. <laughs> John Osher can attest to that trying to get him because, remember, there was talk that Jacksonville right. might take Steve McNair. Right,
0: right, So, yeah, right. it
7: was so different. It was such a different time, and, you know, there weren't cameras everywhere, and it was just it was just so much more low-key than it is now.
0: All right, final question for you is not football. We'll see you next week to talk more football. We're going to do this in a minute, so I want you take. You're a voracious basketball fan. What is the golden era of college basketball for you? Is it that Big East in the 80s with... Villanova and Georgetown and St. John's, is it is it is it UCLA way before that? Is it your Vegas guys that you love? Pete's the, the biggest Anderson Hunt fan of all time. Is it that era with Leitner and those guys? What's the golden age of college basketball for you?
7: Yeah, I think it's 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 the you know watching when I was a kid and watching UCLA and and you know seeing Jacksonville go and Florida State yeah, yeah. go to the Final Four and. Okay. And then you know Villanova when they when they finished second and had that thing stripped away with Howard Porter and all that guys that that's when I was a die I was a junkie back then but I you're right I enjoyed the college basketball uh, with you know the UNLV and Duke and all those teams and I used to love North Carolina back in the day Frank you remember this with the four corners with Phil yep. Ford I, I mean I down. loved all that stuff but college basketball to me and I'm going to be honest about it it's a hard watch now
0: we also. For me. We've all said the same. It say, really so we, is.
7: Yeah. Uh, and here's why. I mean, you know, I used to do the tournament. I do, do, you know, four games a night. And then when we all had to do the tournament and two and then, you know, stay there for the weekend. And one thing I learned at that point, point was it's the most overcoached sport that there is. The stars are the head coaches. They're the stars. Of, you know, Calipari was a star. John Thompson was a star. Beheim's a star. The players, they run through. But the coaches are the stars and therefore the game is so overcoached that these kids, they get play call on every single play. They look over with 10 seconds left. What am I going to run? They end up taking bad shots, and it doesn't look anything like it used to look. When Jacksonville played back in the day, Frankie, they scored 100. They didn't even have a three-point line or a shot clock. It's so overcoached now that I'm disappointed in the game.
0: And by the way, everyone remembers or has heard the story, of artists taking Ju to the final game, right? So we all know that story, and UCLA beat them. Well, the next year, the year Pete's talking about when Villanova and Howard Porter they got they got they suspended because that Pete Ju had the best team in the country that year. Jackson was the best team in the country. That's the they were 27 and 0. That's the year they should have won it, but they lost in the first round to Western Kentucky on a, by a point and didn't move on. Pete Prisco, checking in. Pete, uh, have a great weekend, man. We'll see you next week in Indy.
7: See you guys up there. You got it. Take
0: care. All right. We will take a break. we got a lot more to do. we got two segments to go. Things we haven't even gotten to now. The the, uh, golden years or golden era of college basketball. Uh, There's a list out of top ten players in all of Major League Baseball. I'm going to get to that in a bit. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
3: Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com.
4: I'm a chicken fry, a cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right,
7: and radio. Oh, 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 oh. Ah,
0: you hear that? You know it's uh, quitting time at about 40 minutes or so, Frank Francie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gipson, with us. Gibby's got one more segment, then he's off to do a little bit of baseball. Uh, Gibby, the uh, MLB Network has come up with the top ten players in baseball. I'm going to go in order here, Um, top to bottom. Shohei Otani, one. Yep. Aaron Judge, two. Mike Trout, three. I think anybody could have guessed those three. In whatever order, I think you would have got those. Then it gets interesting. Mookie Betts, the fourth best player in all of baseball, according to MLB Network. Manny Machado, fifth. Nolan Arenado and Goldschmidt, the two Cardinal teammates, sixth and seventh. Jose Ramirez, eighth. Jordan Alvarez, ninth. And Freddie Freeman made the top ten, tenth in all of baseball. Give me what you think of the list.
3: Yeah, I think there's some that you could change in and out. I think Jordan Alvarez is too low at nine. Is that where he was or seven? I think you said seven. Uh,
0: Good question. Where he is at uh, nine, you're right. Yeah, he's
3: too low. He's he's a monster. I mean, they just won the World Series, and he was a huge part of that. Um, He's like a son to me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, for his home runs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think he might be the fourth best player in, in baseball. I mean, he's ridiculous. Um, a guy that hits from the left-hand side for the Astros, and he's, he's, their, he's their team right now. I mean, they've got Altuve, who's still really good, but Alvarez is the machine that le- le- makes them go. Kyle Tucker's really good, too. But it's interesting that Mookie Betts is that high. Um, I still think he's a really good player. I, I don't know if he's fourth best. He's definitely top ten. Mike Trout, uh, people say, is, is, is Trout really still that good? He's 31 now. He's dealt with injuries. Mike Trout played 74% of the, ga- the, season, the season last year and hit 40 home runs. I mean, he, yeah. he's, a, he's still a, a terrific player. He just got hurt last year, and uh, I think a healthy Trout is going to be great. Um, I, I'm telling you, this uh, guy from, from South Florida, um, Sandy Alcantara, is yeah. he's in? Well, they, I, I think he's. And getting, they didn't have pitch, and They so did not have, didn't have, have pitchers, pitchers which which I on, on the list. Okay. They, yeah. know, they know. So but I think Tatis
0: what,
1: wasn't on the list by
0: design. What, yeah, yeah, they're by design. I by could, design. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can. Th- what they're trying to do is
3: players that are not pitchers. Okay. Okay. You know, but
1: Tatis was he not on because of the suspension? You think?
0: I
3: don't think he made the top ten. Yeah, he's, um, he's still got to serve like forty more games too. Yeah, yeah,
0: but so so I let me give you a few that, that didn't make the list. What do you think of the list, by the way? I uh, well, I think
2: it's a fine list. Uh, yeah. Where did you say Acuna is? Acuna's <laughs> not on it. Well, then it's not a good list. <laughs> uh,
0: Whereas, me, and the Memphis rattlesnake isn't yeah, on it. Gibby Juan Soto didn't make the top
3: ten. You agree with that? Well, I, I think he's probably top. Twelve. I mean, he's he's yeah. climbing up there. He's he's got to stay more consistent. I mean, he's a heck of an on base guy, but he's he's got to stay more consistent. I'm surprised Bryce Harper's not higher than where was Bryce he? Bryce Harper yeah. didn't make the list.
0: I mean, Bryce Harper. Won, and again, there's only ten on the top ten. I right, get that. Right, yeah, right. I get that. So is Acuna slipped? Yeah. Uh, to me, Ronald Acuna has an argument to be right there. Like I, he does. I, I think. I think. Uh, again. Again, it's ten. there's yeah. 10. You can only have 10 on the top. Everybody knows the top three are, are best. Everybody knows Alvarez and Betts belong in that top 10 somewhere. After that, Trey Turner's not on the list.
1: Vlad Guerrero.
0: Vlad Guerrero. I, I, I would have Soto and Turner. Gibby, I would have to, Soto and Turner on my top 10. Yeah, I somehow, agree. Somehow, somewhere. Turner's got to be there. Well, well, I, somehow, somehow way.
1: Freddie Freeman, I did see that he's supposed to benefit Greatly from the shift being banned, yeah. So I wonder if that's some projection of what Freeman be, will do. Could
0: be, and I, I, I uh, listen. I like uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt had great years last year. Would you? Ra- I don't know that I'd rather have them on my team than Ronald Acuna. If you could have Arenado, Goldschmidt, or Ronald Acuna, yeah. Gibby, I think I'd rather have Acuna than either one of them, and they're both really good players. Right. Don't you
3: think? Well, I think the the thing with Acuna and people think he might have slipped. Last year was a little bit of a down year for him, and I think the reason is is because he was one year removed from the knee. Like he tore his ACL, and look, not everybody comes back uh, with the confidence in their knee like they had before. I think that was part of the the issue with him a little bit last year is maybe he was thinking a little bit too much because he got thrown out on the bases way more than he's ever gotten thrown out, and I think maybe that some of it was mental with the knee, Maybe some of it was he's declined a little bit with the knee. I, I don't know, but we'll hopefully see a better Acuna this year.
0: And I love Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper, I'm a big Bryce Harper fan, so interesting stuff. So I, If, I want to if do you it for, included pitchers, how would it change? Well, Verlander's got to be on the list. Verlander's on anybody's top ten. If DeGrom's healthy, he's Which
1: on, he never is, so I don't think is. he belongs.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I think this guy is shooting up yeah, to yeah, maybe yeah, be the for best sure. guy. I, he, Al- he had Al- six Al- complete games last year, six. Yeah,
0: Al- Alcantara um, belongs belongs in consideration. Verlander obviously is. No, oh, he's a monster. Verlander's top five player in baseball. So uh, would you think? I mean, so Verlander, healthy DeGrom, um, Alcantara would all be on the list. would all Would all be on the, But again, I I respect that. There's only ten on the top ten. So interesting stuff. I want to get to the basketball question we had a minute ago. Uh, Hayes, um, Golden Era for you. St. John's, Villanova, Georgetown. I think so. Syracuse was yes, so yes.
2: tough. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And you had NBA top fifty players that were, you know, competing in college for multiple seasons. So you, you really got to know them. You got they, they, there were some great rivalries there. Uh, so for me, it would be uh, the the eighties. But again, I, I understand I'm biased because that was also my introduction to college basketball but i mean look i loved the unlv story i loved the fab five season uh duke was certainly compelling i mean that duke kentucky game is in the 90s yeah so that game alone gives the 90s uh, a tremendous boost and if, so, you have,
0: and if you have that game combined with the running rebs of 90 and 91 that's a hard argument yeah but i for me Syracuse, Villanova, Georgetown, Saint John's, Providence, UConn—all in the same league. That's the equivalent of Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M. Who are all in the same division? I mean, it, it was—I mean, it was all. I mean, what was the year? Three of the four were in the Final Four. There was a year where Georgetown—I want to say Georgetown, Villanova—was it? Was it the year? Was it the Villanova win year? What was that 83 yeah. 82 when did when was the Villanova beat Georgetown I th- 84 was I think it? I thought it was earlier 82 83 maybe it was but that year that year I think St John's was also in the final four with Mullen yes I want to say I want to say something like that and uh but every one of those teams that was I mean it was that was great. Grown, but I mean, Nineteen eighty-five,
1: Villanova defeated Georgetown sixty-six, sixty-four. Oh, it was eighty-five.
0: My bad. Okay, okay. was St. John's in that same final four? I,
1: I didn't look up the final four. Just So right. it was eighty-five. You're right. It was close It
0: was eighty. I thought it was eighty-two, eighty-three. It was eighty-five. Okay. So, uh, but the, um, but, I, but I, but Syracuse, Villanova, Georgetown, St. John's, Providence, UConn. That's. Six teams yeah. that all made a Final Four, right. In the '80s, and in the
2: '80s, you also get Bob Knight throwing chairs. Yeah, uh, well, we and celebrated that was big, the 38-year no, anniversary right. of that the other end. Yes. And, and, yeah, I mean, they were a great program. I'm saying that yeah. in terms of a colorful, yes. you know, in, in a in at the time, an yeah. absolutely elite program. And, and
1: they Yes, 1985. The Illinois, Georgetown, John's. Memphis State, and Saint John's. Saint John. Yeah.
0: So a, all three of the three of the four were from one conference. And,
1: I only know this from the thirty for thirty, but wasn't Houston a huge five basketball? Slam the pro- yeah, yeah five that, slam that, was was a hu- that was also in the eighties though. Early that 80s, was in yeah. the eighties. Good yeah. call.
0: That, and that was a and, large one in drugs, That's right. right, and that was in the eighties. And
1: and Jordan played ba- college basketball in the eighties. Yeah, correct. correct. So it's the eighties is the answer. Well,
0: and I can add to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to say in eighty eight, three Big Eight, Big Twelve teams went: Kansas, Oklahoma. Why do I think that? Am I losing my mind? Was no. there? Who? Maybe not. Kansas beat Oklahoma for the title, so I know two were in it. Yeah, I don't know who the other. It one It was
1: Kansas, been. Oklahoma, Arizona, and Duke.
0: Okay, so it was only two. So, so, they, so there's two of them went that that year. But that was a uh, – I mean, yeah. So it was the '80s. It would have to be the '80s because no era. There have been other years, two or three year runs that could compete, but there was no era like that. That was, was, was a, and that's when ESPN came around, yeah. and Vital came around, yeah. and and on all the games were on. That was the golden era, and then it felt
2: like it started to slip. Maybe around the mid '90s, because you had like the Arkansas national championship mm-hmm. team, which was okay, but not like you had the Arizona Miles Simon national championship t- team. But right. that wasn't—they weren't memorable. Uh, yeah, and it's—it so Michigan it seemed was like
1: memorable in the '90s, right? Yeah,
2: uh, the, the, the Fat Five, the was yeah. Fat Five, team absolutely, was, yeah. yeah. But that five. was way early '90s. Yeah, like once you got to the mid and late, I—I I don't remember there being much. Yeah much captivating championship. I mean Tubby Smith, Kentucky right. won a national title. That was a forgettable team. Um I mean again, they're a national championship team, but I'm right. saying in in the essence of the great teams in college basketball history. So I think I think, yeah, I think probably eighty to probably from the Magic Johnson Larry Bird final to nineteen ninety
0: probably four. Right. That was the Yeah, golden era, and and it was a great era. So fun stuff. uh, College basketball. The reason I brought it up, by the way, Georgetown and St. John's are terrible. Yeah, Mike Anderson got hired at St. John's. He's been awful. Patrick Ewing. I mean, they're like, like the one in thirteen in the league. I mean, they're terrible. I mean, Georgetown should never be terrible. I think that's the best basketball. I think, as far as where the players are, I think that DC area is the best. I think it's even better than New York. I think, as far as, I mean, that's where Kevin Durant's from. That's where all those guys are from. I think D.C. Baltimore for Georgetown with its heritage to be lousy at basketball is inexcusable. I agree, absolutely. But agree. on the
1: flip side, Kansas may win it again, and I feel like that's not even that big of a storyline.
0: You're right, and they might win it again, and they and they and you could argue that they've had the best program in the last 20, 30 years because because they've done it with multiple coaches. Yeah, I mean they've done it with multiple, so they've they've been really good. So I'll right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. at Lauren Rafter program with news and notes. Stay with us.
3: What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. <laughs>
1: All right, gentlemen we talked a little bit of jaguars football today we're going to keep that going a shout-out to the Jaguars because today they announced a new scholarship program through the Jaguars Foundation to support high school female football athletes pursuing higher education. Three scholarships you have to apply by April 10th. Go to the Jaguars website for more information. But I think that is just fantastic.
0: I do, too. They were really committed to the flag football, the Jaguars. Where Doug Peterson spoke to them. Trent Balky did in the opener. I thought it was, I thought it was a fantastic week. Uh, prime time was down there. I thought it was great.
1: I think so as well. All right, I've got a list for you. Nate Davis from USA Today Sports has a list, Hayes, ranking NFL's 12 teams to never win a Super Bowl. Who is closest to notching the first title? So 12 teams who have never won the Super Bowl. Who's the closest of that group to notching the title? I'll give you Uh, two guesses. I'll give you two guesses as to who is number one on the list.
8: I
2: I would think number one is the Bills, right?
1: It is not, but that's why I'm giving you two guesses.
2: I thought you say who Hayes thinks is number one.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Who does Nate Davis think? The Bills are number two. There is one team ahead of the Bills.
2: Okay. That has not won the Super that is Bowl. That has not won the Super Bowl. Has, but he thinks it's the closest to doing That
1: is correct. It.
0: Bengals. That is also oh, correct, okay, yeah. So that's right.
1: why I gave you two. I figured those would be one and two in your minds. Number three. Chargers. The Detroit Lions.
0: Closer than the Chargers to We're win closer the Closer than the Chargers. With Jared Goff. Okay. But
1: here's why I say, uh, or here's why I love the list. Number four.
0: Come on, Hayes. Bring go. it hard, Hayes. If you're not coming hard, don't, don't come at all. Duval. He's That's what I'm talking huh? about.
1: And the Bellerman guys who are practicing down below have no idea what we just <laughs> yelled. But nor do I care. I wish it was oh, the North Florida players. Oh, they're clearly rattled. I uh, thought <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. So, four are the Jaguars. Five would be the Los Angeles Chargers. Six, the Vikings. Seven, the Panthers. Eight, the Cleveland Browns. Nine, the Falcons. Ten, Cardinals. Eleven, Texans. And twelve, tennessee oh
0: he's got the titans 12th nate no love for the no love for music city says nate davis nate does not like the way nate davis is
1: no he does not but i'm happy uh more jaguars football cody benjamin of cbs sports ranked last season's quarterbacks no surprise but trevor lawrence finds himself frank in the franchise elite tier alongside patrick mahomes jalen hurts joe burrow josh allen and justin herbert yeah
0: the biggest development of the end season to offseason to where we are now however you want to group that together is the appearance of trevor lawrence in the list on the list that that the biggest development from mid-season 2022 nfl to offseason nearing march in free agency and combine and all that is the appearance of trevor lawrence on every elite quarterback list that's the biggest development to me absolutely and he it's deserved
2: i mean he played outstanding in the second half of the season Uh, He's shown incredible poise. He's shown he can uh, uh, engineer remarkable comebacks. Mm -hmm. That's what this league is about. That's about superstardom. And, again, just 23. Uh, So just a a sensational future ahead, it it appears, for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: So the first tier was franchise elite. Here's the next tier, overachievers. Here's who's in this group. Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, and Brock Purdy. Frank, I bet you disagree with Brock Purdy being in that list.
0: The being on an overachiever list?
1: Overachievers.
0: Oh, I think he's absolutely on that list, right? I well, mean, as far as
1: he's in the same grouping as Jared Goff, Juno yeah. Smith, Kirk Cousins.
0: Oh, no, no. I, I don't disagree with that. Okay. I, th- I, think, he, I think he's – I listen, if you're the last pick in the draft, that's a good list. Yeah, that's then you're
1: certainly an overachiever. No,
0: I think he's absolutely an overachiever. I think he'll continue to be an overachiever. No, I think, he belongs, I, I think he's a good player. But I think he's – yeah, he's absolutely an overachiever.
1: The next tier, scattershot playmakers, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Tua Tungavailoa, Lamar Jackson. I feel like Lamar Jackson deserves to be in a different category.
2: I would say he's not scattershot. When he's healthy, he's great. It's just he hasn't been healthy enough in the closing stretch of the last two seasons. But if Lamar Jackson is active, you've got a heck of a problem on game day if you're
0: facing Baltimore. 100% agree. I think he's a really good player. I, I, I know he's at times not as consistent. He's never going to be a 70% passer, but I agree. I think he's a really good player, 100%. Next
1: category, war-torn vets. Rogers, Brady, Jimmy G., Derek Carr, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Taylor Heineke, Matthew Stafford.
0: There's a lot of guys on that yeah. list with Tom Brady. I'll say that, right. yeah. They don't on belong there.
1: And finally, on and off the bench, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield.
0: Did I see where Davis – Web. Yeah, Davis, Davis, yeah. yes. Davis Webb is going to be an assistant coach. Davis Webb is going to be an assistant coach. The quarterback
1: for the Broncos? Bronco? No, was no who was it?
2: Was it's it? I think it is for the Broncos yeah. yeah. cuz okay. I think he whoever it is the starter is older. Yeah. I think it is Denver. Yes,
1: it is Denver. Yeah. That is uh certainly very interesting. All right, uh when it comes to golf, we have to keep an eye on the Honda Classic because whoever wins can find themselves here playing at the players the leaderboard, though, I have to tell you, not guys that you've necessarily heard of. Justin Sue, Chris Kirk, Ryan Garrard, Ben Taylor, Ben Martin, Eric Cole, Bryce Garnett, Tyler Duncan, and finally a name I recognize, Chesson Hadley.
0: That might be the only one I recognize, too. <laughs> the I ones think you, you should take Ben Taylor in the yeah. Loser Monday <laughs> players. <laughs>
1: Do you have an early lean for who you're going to go for for Loser Monday?
0: Well, I'm picking probably last, so... I got a hunch my guy won't be there. Call me crazy. Okay, I got an outside hunch that my guy's Your probably guy going to be there. You
1: would choose John Rom if you were picking well, first.
0: Well, I think he's the best guy. Now, there's some strategy. Right. To, since you can only use him once, but I think he's the best guy, yes.
1: Hayes and Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0. He has the Jaguars selecting Clemson defensive tackle Brian Brisey, who was formerly a number one overall recruit in the class of 2020.
2: I would really like that pick. I mean, again, I, I think you continue to inv- – you have quarterback. So now invest in the defensive line and invest in it at a very heavy level. And uh, I would have no problem adding a defensive tackle that can probably give you some pass rush. And uh, and certainly I think uh, I, I think he's got a lot of potential. So I, uh, I would have absolutely no problem with that pick. I, I would be all for it.
0: I called the Clemson-Georgia Tech game this mm-hmm. past year. And he dominated the game. That was Georgia Tech. He wasn't playing a great right. team, but he dominated the game. I called – I can't remember. I probably called his name, Lauren, uh, the, as many times as I called Clowney's name that night. I mean, I, I called his name an awful lot.
1: He had Did he have as many sacks? No, no. But okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just but he just was super active.
0: But I called his name an awful lot.
1: Uh, by the way, for people who uh, want to see some – Interesting wildlife. Rick Balu is in Costa Rica. What in the world? He's Hopefully out, he
0: makes it back. <laughs> why is he? I, I he's understand out
1: pictures from the jungle. I
0: understand he's in Costa Rica. That's supposed to be a fun place to get away, play golf, have fun. <laughs> why is he in the jungle? Do we know what? Does anybody know why Balu is in the jungle? He
1: loves snakes, but I also didn't know he loves monkeys and sloths. Why is he yeah, in the jungle? I, I don't
2: know. I mean, the the monkey and the sloth was fine, but <laughs> then when he tweeted the fifteen foot snake, I got a little worried. Uh, uh, so hopefully uh, rick blue makes it back <laughs> to us
1: <laughs> all right tonight we've got north florida playing host to bellarmine at seven and frank ju plays host to eastern kentucky across town really important game for the dolphin
0: really important ju's got to win the game i think am i right to think the only way they get in now is win the game liberty beats uh, uh queens and ju beats ju has uh has um Tiebreaker over Queens, is that, am I right about that? I don't know how Gulf Coast
2: factors in. Gulf Coast is facing Austin Peay, has only won three games in the league, so I would think there's a – I don't know. If, if JU has the tiebreaker, I guess it doesn't matter, but I think you'd like to also see Gulf Coast lose. Yeah. JU right now currently tied for 10th with Gulf Coast. Yeah, okay. So, but I – And abs- where's
0: Queens right now?
2: Yes, but absolutely uh, they've got to win, I think, yeah. to have a chance. Yeah, you got to win the game. I would, against, I would think.
0: Against a good and now ticked-off Eastern Kentucky team that just lost in Jacksonville to UNF. Correct, and Eastern Kentucky
2: is currently the four, but they could get as high as the three, and if they lose, they could fall to the six. So the game matters. So the game's going to matter at Eastern Kentucky.
1: From what I'm looking at as far as JU's schedule, they split with FGCU, so I, I'm not sure how the tiebreaker on something like that uh, would work in the A-Sun. Frank in college base. Oh, by the way, Bellerman tonight. Uh, who, since we scouted them the other night, who does UNF have to watch out for? Garrett Tipton.
0: Uh, he's their best player. He's a really good player. They, I'll tell you what. I can't tell you because I really don't know their names. But I'll tell you what. They they know how to play. I I was very impressed with how Bellerman plays. Seriously.
1: Yeah. Certainly. All right. Uh, college baseball here on the campus of UNF. UNF. Plays host to Villanova. First pitch in just a few minutes at 6.05. JU plays host to Siena this weekend. Gibby certainly on the call. First pitch is at 6 o'clock. And by the way, JU plays host to Florida on Tuesday. We'll be up in Indianapolis, but normally we'd be at JU for that game. Florida plays host to Cincinnati. First pitch tonight at 6.30. And FSU travels to number eight TCU this weekend. First pitch tonight at 7.30.
0: FSU has already been very impressive under Link Jarrett. People that have seen that team say they look entirely different now, and I believe that. Florida. Hayes, you said you were, you're you worried about Florida because USF came back on them. I would think I'd be a little concerned if they don't sweep Cincinnati. Not just beat them. I'd be a little concerned. Now, there's always a chance, like like, like Tim Parent told us about Villanova, who's got a transfer that throws 95. When you can have one pitcher that's that good that they can, they can beat you, but I'd be a little concerned if the Gators don't sweep Cincinnati in Gainesville.
1: Yeah, I certainly would be concerned as well. I don't think Cincinnati can keep up, but the FSU-TCU uh, matchup will be certainly very interesting to pay attention to. Uh, finally, in the world of gymnastics, I have it recorded, of course, at 6 o'clock, Florida oh. plays host to Kentucky Whoa. in gymnastics. I did senior not know night, that. Senior, senior night, night in gymnastics. Yep, so 6 o'clock uh, in about 10 minutes. Like I said, I've got it recorded. Okay. I will go home after the UNF men's basketball game, and right. I will be watching gymnastics.
0: Hey, do you have any questions about that? Because I got one. Do you have any? Or... uh I'm going to defer Okay, to okay you. Okay. Well, since I'm the only one with the question, let me go. Uh, how are we looking on the beam?
1: Uh, we are looking excellent. Trinity Thomas is three tens away from an all-time NCAA record. So gets another ten tonight. All she needs are two more. Uh, and I think she should be getting multiple tens per meet. I believe in watching her. I might be a little bit biased. Is she uh, good on the beam? She is excellent on the beam. Got a ten last week.
0: Okay, got a 10 on the beam. She's had
1: multiple 10s on every event, uh, which is known as the Gym Slam. All right, uh, I don't know if Hacker wants to talk about gymnastics or North Florida men's basketball, but we will check in and say hello to him right now.
7: Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop.
0: Hacker Nation checks in. Right now, Hacker, I'm at the alma mater. You know that, right? We're at the alma mater.
8: Love the UNF Arena. Had a lot of fun times, Frangie, at the yeah. UNF Arena. That is my place, no question about it. Did you go to a lot of hoops games when you were a student here? Yeah, I, I went to some. I, mean, I wouldn't call it a lot, but I certainly went to a few a year. Back when I was there, uh, quite frankly, they were not very good. And they were in the, what was it, the peach? Uh, what was that kind of the peach belt or something? Okay. So okay. they were not All Division right. One at the time. But they were still very fun to go to about 15 years ago.
0: I'm trying to remember who would it would it have been Kil Cullen? was
8: definitely there for a couple and I love Kil Cullen. Great guy, very but great guy, they great just guy. they just couldn't, you know, find any success or very limited success during my years there. All right, we've been asking everybody, do you believe
0: Russell Wilson or do you believe the athletic? Right, who do you believe? Boy,
8: uh, somebody is definitely not telling the truth because there are two very different sides to that story. I, I would like to believe in journalism, although sometimes I know it can be hard, and I just cannot imagine somebody in our line of work writing a story like that unless they were 100% concrete in what they were told. So uh, it's hard for me not to believe that story because they had a lot of a lot of information in that piece.
0: Yeah, I agree. We, we all kind of said the same thing. A, 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 an establishment like the uh, Athletic, Probably doesn't let that go to print or wherever it goes these days without being pretty sure that uh, they were confident in the sources. All right, what's coming up
8: tonight? What are we doing? Yeah, we got former Jaguar Ryan Davis, former Jag defensive end. He's going to stop by in about a half an hour. He actually took part in the NFL and the NCAA uh, coaching clinic up in Indianapolis. So we'll talk about that. Also talk about Jaguar free agency with him. And then Josh Edwards of CBSSports.com previewing the Combine. Frank, I wanted to tell you as well, man, Normally, I think Twitter is 90% at this point a trash can, except today, your tweet about your guy Otis out there, you want to talk about just bringing a smile to my face. I'm sure you've told the story, but boy, what a heartwarming, inspiring uh, thing that took place today. So, Uh, kudos to everybody out there, including yourself, for giving that young man that experience. Very kind, Hack. I appreciate that, and I appreciate it when you tweeted it as well. It was was a special day and a special
0: little guy, and... He was beaming the rest of the day after he hit a line driver, two. So, but Hack, real, I appreciate you bringing it up. You were exactly right. Take care, buddy. We appreciate it, man. Have a good show. Thanks, guys. Uh, Hacker Nation, that was very kind. Hackers tweeted it as well. We had a wonderful day out there today, our walk-off charities clinic, and we can't wait for the next one, right?
1: That's right. Just a month away.
0: Yeah, all right. Folks, Let's that'll, go. That'll do it for our program, but don't go anywhere. Hacker Nation checks in right now. It's Hacker After Dark right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We're live from UNF. Thanks to Nick and all the folks out here for having us out. We love it here. In the hospitality suite, there is a chance we'll never leave. There is that is that that is on the table.
1: <laughs> we know the code. For
0: Hayes, Lauren and Gibby and Dylan, thanks for filling in this last segment. I'm Frank Franz. You have a great weekend, everybody.